Welcome everybody to podcast number 102. Pretty amazing. And my OCD is going to kick yeah, in because everybody's I'm, all over the place here. Yeah, say, move, move us around, move us around. Yeah. Not just yours now, Carrie. We're in the we're in the mix with you too now. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. I'm your host, Carrie Boiling Kreitz. Joining me today is Dexter Babyface Babyface Wiseman. <laughs> hey, we we've gone over this week to week. My English is not very good. So just... fist, my hands are a very normal size. Thank you. I don't know. Close to Mitch Davies. And we have Daryl Poolboy Bradley and Tim just about to get off the unemployment line. Wiseman. Can't thank you guys enough for coming back. You yeah, you got, you, got a, you got a job that. next week, Tim. Yeah, it, feel, it feels kind of weird. I got I got things to do. I have I have responsibilities. It's gonna be a little bit weird, but uh, <laughs> yeah, back yeah. to put my big boy pants back on, right? So <laughs> we're gonna have no idea how to work anymore. Oh, it's I, gonna, I do. It's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be interesting. I'm excited <laughs> though. So for those out there listening uh, that haven't heard, we are. We should be opening either June 10th or June 11th. I, I believe it's June 10th that we should be opening up for a phase or step two of our relaunch strategy that they announced last week. Um, with that, when we open up at stage two, it's going to be 33% capacity. Uh, for us, that's fine. Ultimately, it, it's based on your on your um, your fire occupancy. So, with that being said, um, we can still run every other lane. We just have to socially distance everybody, so that's fine. Um, and then around two to three weeks after that, um, if the Alberta, the province of Alberta gets to 70% of people vaccinated on first doses, then we lift all restrictions. And that's the only metric. It's not about hospitalizations. It's not about ICU numbers, any of that. It's not about, you know, the R value and all that stuff they talk about. It's strictly the vaccinations. So, yeah. um, it sounds like two to three weeks or yeah, a month from now, we should be fully open. Yeah, as, as long as hospitalizations and ICU doesn't go up upwards, obviously, that in, would in be the... step two. For step three, yeah. it doesn't. It doesn't yeah, but it, I'm pretty sure if they say in step two, if the everything goes up, they're not going to be like, no, sorry, we said step three, we're opening no matter what. I'm pretty sure they'd be like, oh, okay. Depends <laughs> on when that step Those eight is, man. Well, yeah, that's true. Kenny's got to get a stampede. Yeah, you well, you know, he had a rooftop patio, right? So, I mean, just a couple of days ago, we had a. Yeah, we, we should put that out there for all our uh, Calgary watchers. Are you guys going to uh, the premier's breakfast, pancake breakfast, huh? Huh? For the stampede? Yes, get out yeah. there. We're, we're gonna be just like America soon, right? So we're gonna be <laughs> wide open, and uh, we gotta have new things. We gotta go to watch an. El- Elks game? We gotta watch an Elks game now. Yes, oh, yeah. yes, the Edmonton yeah. Elks. Yeah. You, you can be change. part. You, you can be part of the gang, right? I mean, yeah. that's a, that's a thing, right? That's yeah, yeah. So yeah, that, that's that, that, that's what they call them. That's what I, I, I heard of Elks are. The knot hole gang will be a real thing now. I yeah, yeah. I I heard if you're a fan, you're uh, al- alcoholics. 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 Oh wow, <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah, I like the I like the name. I support it. You know. It kept it uh, ee. It's you know they're they rough and tough in the fall apparently something like that right. They, I, I I don't know the, the elks good. portion bothers me. Like I think it should have been the Edmonton elk, and right and, the plural and, side of things. That's what you're saying, right? Yeah, that bothers me. And the fact that they're herbivores. Like who's who's intimidated by a herbivore? 
Like, like I, I, I don't know. The Manitoba Moose are a good running. hockey team. So. Yeah, yeah, but they're running. Yeah, they're in a lower division, right? I mean, they're not uh, in the Premier Division. The CFL not... is a lower division, <laughs> <laughs> and they're not the Manitoba Mooses. Yeah, so, Dex, was this me, like a me, get back to work, get back to work, shave job here? Like you're, you know what? We we had five years younger. We had a meeting earlier this afternoon, and I went outside after and went onto the balcony. I was like, "This is too damn hot. It's 31 degrees here right now." I was like, "See you later. Time to shave and shower." So here I am. Did you do some before and after? Like mid time, you should have had some fun with it, and you know, no, <laughs> cut I a little bit here, it. cut a little bit there, cut a little bit there. That's nah, what I do. I, when I, do I just took one. the razor and I hacked at it. I'm like here we go, we're good, <laughs> yeah. done. Was did yeah. a straight razor? No, no, you can't. You can't get this with a straight razor. What are you smoking? You can get anything um, with a straight razor. How about we talk quickly about the uh, the old NHL? I mean, obviously, rest in peace, Oilers. But made it made it a lot easier that the Oilers lost when our friends, the, the Maple Leafs, lost too, right? Like, let's be oh, honest. Makes everything so much better. So now, now I'm torn. Now I'm torn. It, it felt felt really good after all the trash talk about. Ooh, McDavid wants out. McDavid wants out. Yeah. Well, Toronto, Toronto has no team left now because Martyr's gone, and and you know Matthews is gone, yeah. and gone, and then and then you know Joe Thornton's going to retire, and what Spezza is their best player right now. And he's Ander- Anderson's gone this year. Yeah, he's going to get like six mil a year next year for sure. Yeah, terrible. I, I don't know what's going to happen to the center of the universe right now down there. They must be just in shock. I mean, they were up three to one in the in the playoffs. Right, I mean that's you can't lose three to one in the playoffs, but sure enough, the Leafs did. I mean, first round yeah. exit, and yeah. again, just just goes to show you that a, a quality goalie can hold a team in. And yeah. So where are we going now? Out. Where are we going now, everybody? Is are we going the Jets or are we going the Habs? So I, I've got oh no, I've got I've got two. I've got my Jets jersey, my Jets jersey hanging right here, and I'm going to grab the other jersey. That'll be my other team I'm rooting for. Uh, Tim. Um, I honestly, I kind of want Winnipeg. I, I, I could be either or, but Winnipeg, Winnipeg's kind of my team. What do you got? Oh, Eberle. Islanders. Islanders. Yeah. Is that yeah. an Islanders Eberly jersey? Yeah. I'm sure third, it is. The third good jersey, show. yeah. 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 We're going to, we're going to cheer for good old Ebs. He deserves it. I'm going, I'm going Habs. Let's go Habs. They're Habs. I don't know. Yep. No, I'm I'm on that I'm on that boat too. But you, you're Carey, you're a big Carey goalie Price. guy, right? Yep. You're a big goalie guy. Carey Price is awesome though. Yeah, I, I yeah. admit. Pretty uh, pretty fortunate for them to make it through. Obviously, um, everybody was complaining. How can a goalie get that much money? Well, there you go. He just beat like they said, forty eight million dollars worth of forwards. So. Yep. <laughs> exactly. Pretty sweet. Yeah. Agreed. Same thing that happened uh, Winnipeg us. So. How lucky yep. you up, right? For sure. Yep, true enough. Brett looks pretty offended by UDB. <laughs> <laughs> real, real shocker. So we might as well pay some bills here. So um, you can support us by becoming a, a patron at patreon.com slash 5pinuniverse for as low as $2 a month. And uh, there is some other levels. You get some merch if you go to a higher level. I do believe I owe somebody a piece of merchandise. And I haven't forgot about you, Brad. It is coming. Um, but yes, 
Also, um, we have our watering sponsor, <laughs> if people want to call it that, uh, supporting our local drink of the week, uh, Alley Cat Brewing. We can't thank them enough for stepping up and sponsoring this. And uh, I don't know if we're officially supposed to promote drinking, but I'm gonna I'm trying something different today. I'm going with the cherry sour. I'm not a sour person, but this is part of their summer pack. Comes with like sunburst, which is like an IPA and a uh, a lime a lime beer. But uh, with uh, with Sherwood Park opening back up, what beers are you guys bringing back on tap? Well, De- Destro will never get rid of his fishbone. No, nah, fishbone's pretty delicious. Fishbone's pretty solid, yep. That's a great summer beer, too. Um, we're going to have probably the same lineup, but we're going to rotate our uh, our craft beers out. We have we have a couple new things. We'll probably put the Mangalorian in. Um, and uh, we were looking at... We were, actually, there's a brand new brewery out in Sherwood Park. So we're going to... They're starting up, so we're going to put a couple of their beers in there and, and do all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, quick plug on some of the five pin U events. I know Carrie, we were talking about some of the preliminary matches. We could run some of those, and then maybe afterwards, uh, the Wiseman's chat about their doubles event. Yeah, for sure. So, um, with things starting to open up for it sounds like just household bowling or reduced capacity, um, we don't know if the team pro league can happen anytime soon, especially with Ontario's restrictions and stuff like that. But we are really hoping to maybe get the eight gamers started up and run the playoff system there. I know we have some bowlers that travel to compete during that time. So we're hoping we can get some preliminary matches with uh, bowlers that are local to the centers and try and get that all figured out. And I can take Dexter down early, get that over with and test out how this is all going to run. So (laughs) if people don't know me and Dexter are lined up to play each other in the first round, of course, just like every tournament we ever play. You, you have Sounds a built-in right. excuse, though. When you lose that first round, you're going to sit there and be like, oh, I did that because I need to you know, work on the filming and, side of stuff. And, and, and Dexter, they're... it's totally to be expected. You're number one, so I yeah, should I'm not, be losing. I'm number, the, uh, 10. I'm number what's 10. What's the all-time record? What's the all-time record between you two? Oh. I, we have played each other so often, it is ridiculous. Yeah, I don't know. It, it kind of goes in waves. I think one year I dominate, the next year he kind of dominates. It's been up and down for sure. I know the one year I had Dexter's number, uh, unfortunately the Invitational and the TPC the same weekend, but I'm sure Dexter's walped me a few times since then. So Yeah, I think we faced, have we faced each other twice or three times in Invitational? Twice for sure. Yeah. And we're one and one I in Invitational. Yeah. Yeah. There's some work for a stats guy, right? To yeah. go back in history in the last 25 years of cash tournaments if you could find the brackets and see what the all-time all-time <laughs> records crazy. were and match records and who's played each other the most times i mean i'm sure some people could say like bruce mortar played lynn howell this many times or yeah. you know giggies you know in there how many times did he's tom stevenson and you know, obviously alberta but, yeah yeah i you know. i uh we just talked about this actually not like yesterday i think Dex, I think we did, we were talking about the old matches and stuff like that, and Kerry was actually brought up, and Derek Gall says I have his number like nobody's business. <laughs> wink, wink, wink. Yeah, we should look. We should look back in the WCBT. Well, th- that's unfair. Derek only made the cut like three or four times, so and, 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 he, he, and he said he said he gives you up. You're up by a hundred after 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 two. It's automatic loss for you. He said. 
Oh, hey. Actually, I think the two times I played him at TPC were one and one, so he say he can't own me the whole time. So there we go. Yeah, but you were probably his only win. <laughs> yeah, that's so, fair. So he owns you. Like that's, It'd be right? uh, big numbers if, if if you've made the autumn open 15s or 16s, right? Year after year after year. That's how numbers escalate to the all-time games played against somebody. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah for go. sure. Going back through the WCBT, we could definitely figure out that stuff. Uh, but, but yeah, here we go. So, and Wiseman, you guys did a little quick um, shout out for maybe doing the Boxing Day event in summer, and you got quick steam, and and here we are. Where are we at now? Uh, yeah. So we kind of threw it out there. We discussed it, and we said, yeah, you know what? People are just wanting a bowl, and uh, we filled it up out of sixty-four spots. We filled it up in nine hours, uh, and we have sixty-four team spots. Sixty-four team spots, and I have eight. And I have twelve spots on the wait list, right? Team right. spots on the wait list. Yeah. So I, I think, I think tomorrow we might very well uh, do an afternoon one. We might announce that, and uh, go from there. Because you know what? If we get any extra bonus teams, bonus, right? So people just want to play. Yeah, I think it's great. Yeah. Uh, Jen, maybe that's just summer coming out in us. I don't know. Yeah, I, it's yes. got to be something with your sound, I'm hoping. Spring is in the air. Like, yeah. Yeah. Testosterone boosted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let us outside. Yeah. 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 All right. Um, so we're going to run our second sponsor, our weekly sponsor, um, All-Star Bowling Sales. Shelby Crest and those guys have uh, stepped up and sponsored us for many weeks, and they do a draw every week. So once again, we'll be doing the draw. It's hashtag all-star draw. Um, you have to comment. Uh, I'll add my screen here so you guys can see exactly what it's got to look like. So if you just put this in the comments, hashtag all-star draw, you'll be added to the draw that we'll do at the end of this podcast. So we'll run their commercial and then we'll bring our special guest of the week. <laughs> We will acknowledge that. Uh, Jason Scaletta has won the All-Star draw a couple times. So he had mentioned that he won't be entering this week. So please enter if you want a chance to win because Jason's not in it. So a good chance that you can get drawn here. I disagree that he doesn't need another set of balls. <laughs> Everyone needs another set of balls. Yeah. Yeah. yeah true. <laughs> okay. So our special guest this week um, we had her other half on here. Um, I should have looked up what number podcast it was. Tim, do you have that handy? It looks I, like you were. I do. <laughs> I love that we just set him up and he's like, I'm ready, I'm ready, guys. Give me. <laughs> what, what can I look up? What can I look up? Yeah. Uh, number 52. Oh, so if you want to go back and listen to their podcast and even watch it on YouTube, number 52. But the better half, Bev. Big luck. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome. Thank you very much. Hi, Bev. Really looking forward to chatting with you, Bev. 
Well, I'll answer. I am too. That'd be great. I just want to do a quick shout out to you guys and all that you're doing. Thanks very much. It's an honor to be here and what you're doing for bowling is amazing. And um, I'm part of your sponsorship tonight. Oh, nice. Awesome. Apricot. Apricot. It's, yeah. good. it's yeah, pretty it's good. good. Yeah. You guys have the apricot at the lanes, don't you? The, yeah. The draft? Yeah. yeah. You know, I'm not a good one to ask for that. This is a special occasion, so. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Perfect. Well, so, gl so, so glad you're on tonight, Bev. We're happy to have you. Thank you. Happy to be here. So how, how's life been treating you these days? It's good. Yeah, it's just through all this COVID stuff. Greg and I were just discussing that the other day and saying that we... Um, Feel pretty fortunate because we're retired so it's not like we have to get out and go to work and deal with all the things that are going on with that so covid life for us is it's pretty it's pretty quiet but it's good you know a little bit of golfing now which is nice and that's getting back to more normal and uh, so so yeah golfing bike riding doing all that stuff that people can do outside and and through the winter just kind of hanging out now, do you golf as much as Greg does? No. Oh, my. That's I think tough. That's tough to um, 40 rounds in already. No, he does not. Yes, he does. Are no. you kidding me? I just want to give him a big old something. That's ridiculous. Now, 40 rounds in already. So, you know, life is pretty good for him. He's playing, he's playing twice a day when he can. Really good for him. Yes. He, uh, I don't even want to talk about him anymore. I have zero rounds in this year. That's not good. I've played a few times with Greg. With um, I said to him, this little last restriction was like my dream. You know, only two players, only households, and uh, nine holes at a time. It's perfect. You know? <laughs> yeah. So we got a few rounds in through that, so it was good. But back to normal as of yesterday for them. So I'm out. <laughs> i've played once i play i play thursday friday to the next couple of days so we'll start ramping things up and getting some games in but uh, i found that i found that the nine holes was it was kind of nice like you could only play nine but i just still never found the time to go and do it and without playing with your friends and kind of doing that it's, it's not the same so no it isn't the same like greg was out quite a bit by himself as well and uh yeah it's it's not the same it's faster and it's not i'm sure the socializing right you're missing out on all that just like with bowling you know yes. if you are doing it you're missing out on all that aspect of everything so we should uh we should have a five pin you live on the golf course there you go people are gonna learn about us real fast yeah. <laughs> i i just hope i make it past the ladies tees <laughs> the, the forward tees they're not called the ladies tees anymore tim they're forward, oh, they? the forward oh. tees. <laughs> forward tees wow yeah. okay yeah get it get it right yeah. hey yeah, yeah. Right. well you picked a couple of good days to sign up for golf girl yeah hope so yeah it's been, it's been super nice obviously it's really nice you're only in red deer which is an hour and a half here from away from edmonton so yeah. It's uh, super nice down there today too, right? It is. It's hot. Yeah, yeah. Greg was out golfing in that this afternoon too. So, <laughs> lots of fluids. Lots of fluids. Yeah. yeah, I was sitting on the deck drinking fruit smoothies with my friends. So, <laughs> <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> oh, I love it. That's living your best life right there. That's right. We're very fortunate. Like we said, we feel very fortunate, especially through all of COVID. So. 
Yeah. Now, are you, are you going to do any traveling this year at all? Or did you guys do you guys normally go down south or go and do any of that? Is that obviously, you could do that last yeah. winter, but is that you know in the summer yeah. or in the future? We normally do um, a couple trips a year, but um, of course with COVID that hasn't happened, and uh, we're not too sure. We're just not too sure how it looks ahead, how we feel about it. So for now, we're we're not really planning anything too much. Hopefully, a, a visit to Greg's family in in BC maybe in August. And other than that, we don't have too much going on. We've got a trip, a driving trip planned to Palm Springs next March. But again, it's going to depend on what everything looks like. So. Well, I hope that there's their, you know, cross-border travel by March. I mean, by the fall, hopefully, right? So. Well, yeah, I hope you're right. But I guess, uh, I guess we'll wait and see. We'd like to do a little bit of cruising when we have the opportunity, but I'm not sure how that feels right now. Either. So yeah. <laughs> I, I sort of agree. I mean, my, my parents are, they, they love cruises and stuff too. Um, cruises for me are kind of whatever because I feel kind of a little bit trapped. I, I don't think that that would be something that I would be super interested in. But especially nowadays, you know, at least you're on a resort. You can go to your room. You can wander around outside the entire time. you got lots of space. Uh, on a cruise ship, you just kind of feel like you're in a, you know, a tin can. From what we're reading right now to uh, cruises, there'll be still some um, restrictions. You know, when you're on the ship, you'll still have to be wearing masks and that kind of thing until you're outside. And so, yeah. you know, I'm not I'm not sure that's a good part of a holiday, right? I, I also heard that if you book now for any vacations or anything, you have to show that you've been vaccinated or have taken a shot, right? right. So yeah. it's a prerequisite with that as well. Yeah. So. Yeah. Until such time that they would, don't require that, but for immediate, immediate, I can see that happening, right? You have to, yeah, yeah have to prove that you've been safely vaccinated. So, yeah, hopefully within a couple of years that'll change and people can move around a lot more comfortably. Well, we know Morgan Burdock says you know exactly what you're doing August 21st. Apparently, you got plans then that weekend. August 21st. Spartan Early. race. Pardon me. Spartan race. Well, the Red Deer Spartan Race. Oh, I don't think Greg has signed up yet, but I guess he'll have to be looking into that. We'll just be on and checking that out. We'll yeah. have to at least go visit Morgan if she's here. Totally. That yeah. you know what? Do, doing Tough Mudder with Greg is one of my favorite experiences with a guy. Truthfully, I mean, yeah. I watched. He almost died. Look, I, you I was scared for him. Day. Yeah, you had the worst day ever for weather. Yeah, yeah. But, a high of one, and it was, you know, it was. Minus the entire time, basically, and snowing, and then you're going through ice water and stuff. And I've never seen a guy shake that much, but that guy toughed everything out. It was unreal. Yeah, nice. You're always tough on the outside. <laughs> <laughs> There's a big softy on the inside. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Yeah, I agree. I, I somehow feel like Greg is only about ten steps away. Not even. <laughs> yeah. He's within arms arms uh, distance. He's pretty close. He's pretty yeah. close. Not that close though. I'm I'm yeah. being careful. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. Should we uh, should we talk some bowling? You ready, Bev? Sure, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> well, we always start off with where did you start bowling, and when did uh, when did you when did you learn to love the game? Well, I started bowling. Um, we moved to Red Deer from Saskatchewan, actually, in 1969. And in June and in September, I started bowling at the Red Deer Bowldrome. And uh, that's kind of where it all started for me. My mom and my dad bowled uh, in Saskatchewan, just in league play. But my sister bowled. 
She's uh, about eight years older than I am, and she bowled YBC there and had some good success. YBC doubles went to a national there, so I think it was just kind of the whole, um, you know, it was what my my parents kind of put me in as an activity, right? And and I guess I guess I liked it and just continued with it through the years and through the YBC program. And now Red Deer Bowlodrome is that still exists now, just in a different name? No, it no longer exists. It's a, I think it's an architectural office now, actually. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, there's only a few bowling centers in Red Deer that I recognize. Obviously, Heritage, guys, help me out, Riverside. Riverside, yeah. That's, that's, that's it now? That's it now, yeah. And how yeah. many, was there a whole bunch, uh, you know, a few years ago? Uh, well, when, like I say, in 69, when I moved here, there was Olympic Lanes yeah. and Polodrome. And the Olympic Lanes didn't uh, last much longer after that. So then there was only the Bolodrome until Riverside opened up. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so. then that was that was the time for them to no longer. Gotcha. So neat. So you did the the YBC program and uh, and four steps. Was there you know nationals and, and, and things like that that uh, you would have competed in? Um, well, you know what? I was watching Sandy Anderson's podcast, and I'm the same as her. I went all through YBC, went to quite a number of provincials, never made a national. Huh. Went to lots wow. of provincials, but just it just wasn't meant to be. I guess it didn't happen. So, yeah. And then after that, the natural transition was to try the adult league and see what happened. So, right. Was there no uh, Pepsi or Coke challenge or high schools at one point it would have been called? Yes, that's right. I did bowl in some of the high school, the Pepsi high schools, it was called when I bowled in it. Yeah. Uh, but then um, we bowled sort of like at the provincial level, and your scores were just phoned in. There was no right. national. Hmm. Yeah, it never went to an actual national. So, and it was pretty much uh, just singles that they recognized at that yeah. level. Then, but you still only played at your own center, right? Uh, we did get to travel out of town. I went to, all the way to a Taskman one year to bowl in it. So that was exciting. Try a long trip to a Taskman. Yeah. That's right. It moved around a little bit, but um, that was just it. Just a little bit within the within the zone, basically. So nice. Yeah. And anybody we would have recognized that you would have played, um, you know, YBC days with? Oh my gosh! Um, like from from Red Deer, you mean? Or yeah, yeah. Anyway. Or yeah. I guess across the province. I mean, I mean, we're going to get into this as you played. Uh, you know, had a really successful you know C five career. You know, asking asking you some of those other players that you would have played with that you know we would recognize, or the other other people watching yeah. would recognize those types of names, right? Uh, well, of course, around here there was Nancy Gervais and Rhonda Barber, um, uh, Diane Morical. I don't know if you guys know Diane Morical. Doug mm -hmm. Doug Morical and Diane were very good bowlers in Red Deer. Um, Val Hallett. You guys know Val Hallett from Edmonton. I don't, she, she's not Hallett anymore, so I'm not sure hmm. um, what her last name is, but she is in Edmonton now, as far as I know. So, um, who else can I think of? I did, I did bowl one year at the Provincials, I remember, singles against, um, she was Nancy Bacchus. She's okay. no longer with us, unfortunately, but she was a good bowler. She was from Calgary. Jesus. You, you didn't know that I was, we were going to test memory tonight, isn't this? Is a great, I didn't right? tell yeah. Yeah, yeah. I said to Greg, oh man, I, hope, I better write some names down here because yeah. I'm just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Tim, yeah. Will have to, Tim will have to start pre-warning guests. Okay, we're gonna, gonna, yeah. you, gotta, you better start casting no, the web. No, no, wait, no. no. This, this is fun. This is fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> put her on the spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably, probably all these people that I'm mentioning, um, we kind of predate you guys, so, you know. No, but that, that's that's good. You know, <laughs> that's, that's, that's part it? of what this is. It's, it's part of... It's part of documenting the yeah. people and the history and all that too. So that's totally fine. There's going to be lots of years down the road where people won't know who we are, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's all the same. That's a long time away. You guys are going to be around for a while, I think. We'll I should mention too, my very best friend, Gail, she was Gail Hartall then and she's Gail Markle now. And we, we uh, got to play together as well. And then we did play together in, uh, in the nationals for the open as well. So she was another one. Yeah. Nice. So then after, you know, your, your youth career, obviously the, the C5 um, will go in that direction. Was that the tournament that you started to see, um, you know, the, the adults playing in and the competitive side, and that's the one that I want to be in and, and start competing in? Yes, that's kind of, I think that's sort of a, I don't want to say the normal transition, but at that time it was. And, uh, yeah, you kind of heard about it from your local bowlers and your local association, you know, when people are encouraging you to get involved and, so that's basically what happened. Started out um, bold. I think it was '81 was my first year that I tried out for the Open, and I didn't make it. Um, and they had a lot of. It was a, di a totally different format then, as far as uh, the zone part went, um, as opposed to how it is now. But anyway, that's another whole story. <laughs> so yeah, so just kept you know didn't make it, and then the next year tried out and started making a few teams, and just just. Uh, Sort of fed the competitive spirit, I guess, and just stuck with it, and then, and then eventually hooked up with the Masters as well. So, but we had, I mean, Tim, you got the stats there of, uh, you know, the resume here in the in the eighties of, of some of the singles in the championship. If you want to give her there, yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, nine times she represented Alberta at nationals. The crazy part is six-time Open Provincial Ladies Single Champion, and we were just talking before we got on podcast. I think from 83 to 89, you represent Alberta five times as a single, right? And that's just unheard of even nowadays. So um, pretty amazing stats. Obviously, you won a Nationals uh, in 93 as a, as a, no, sorry, 93, no, 84 as a singles champion. Uh, you shot that 403 to win. And then you were silver medalist in 83 and, and bronze medalist in 85, right? So, and you made a couple ladies teams in Nationals. So it was a hell of a resume. And but six time open ladies provincial single champion. Well, it was, a, it was a good run, it was lots of fun, and uh, you know, it was um, I'm gonna say it was a, a good time in my life, you know, um, with having time to do it, time to practice. Um, Greg was a big part of that. We did a ton of bowling, we bowled a lot of extra tournaments, you know, all the. Back then, there was like a small cash tournament, it seemed, just about every weekend or every other weekend, so we had the opportunities to do those. So you're just throwing lots of games, and you know, your, your head's in it, and you're really, and physically, you're in, in good shape to be doing it, to be playing that much. So, yeah. It when, was, it was when, when did you and Greg um, start dating or get married? Well, we met in 83, okay. and we got married in 87. So, okay, yeah. so you started to bowl together early on and yes yeah yeah so he yeah. was he was with you for the whole ride then is what you're saying pretty much <laughs> <laughs> I never thought of it like awesome. that. 
is there is there a couple of those years that stand out more than others or some of those accomplishments i mean obviously winning the the national the gold would have been a big one or you know any heartbreaks that you would have lost in a game but maybe some of those those key moments you can share with us would be great um well the team you know our team that we went with in in 80 well 84 and 85 they were slightly different a couple of the people were the same on the team but um it, it just it's tough at nationals right and our zone is not that big so you just hope that you can put your very best team together and go and see what happens but man when you get to those nationals it's uh it's a tough road so we we're pretty happy to finish up where we did of course you of course you want to win the goal right that's your goal but i mean i think that overall really we were pretty happy with how it went uh great gals to bowl with and and uh, a ton of fun right what an experience to go to a national you know yeah, for sure yeah any, i think any national to begin with now um was getting out of alberta really hard then too obviously or was it yeah it just maybe wasn't you know over the it shifts it takes you know everybody takes their turn and obviously central did a did a good job at that time but yeah well you know back in those days uh the south zone was was really dominant the southern ladies were really tough i mean all the zones were then but you know you can see how it's kind of evolved through the years and kind of where it's at now but at that point the southern zone was they were a pretty young team and uh they they were always hungry and uh they were a tough tough group to beat so it was quite an accomplishment to uh to get out of alberta for, for our central ladies and i'm assuming the group to, to pick from right yeah now yeah. the, the south would have been diane violini would have been part of that crew there absolutely yeah 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 but, but i think that's like the, the neat thing i mean we're sitting here talking about your your singles and the five years in a, in a six-year span five years in a, uh, five years she went in a six-year span Something and like and you're you're facing diane and like diane around the country is you know considered one of the best female bowlers ever and you absolutely you dominated Alberta at that time to to win five out of six years that's that is domination way better than Weber ever was <laughs> without yeah. question so I mean that like that is that's that's quite a feat I mean you know we talk about Diane all the time but that is an incredible stat there you know I guess sometimes it's just your time it's just maybe it's just your turn I don't know I I can't explain it I mean we had some good matches and uh it was always friendly. It was always such a, a pleasure to bowl against Diane. Had the opportunity to bowl with her once on a master's team, and just just a great lady. You know, my idol. Certainly, certainly, she was who I was looking up to when I was coming into bowling. Heard all about her and wanted to. You know, you guys know what it's like when there's somebody out there that you know, you've heard like they're so good. You just you just want to play them and see what happens. You know, for sure. Yeah. I, I think you're think you're way too humble for your accolades there, Bev. But <laughs> we we knew that was going to be that way coming in. Uh, but but uh, maybe you can tell us when you uh, about the four hundred three when you shot the yeah, championship in in eighty four. How how was that? Um, you know what? I had to play a game before that game. I I think I was uh, I don't remember second in the step ladder. I think it was. So of course you had to play the third place, right? And that was a tough match, and but it was great because I remember being down in that match and feeling like, okay, I really need to finish this game or I'm not going to get to the final. 
And to give you just a little quick history on that, I lost in 1983 badly. I had about six head pins in the final game, lost that one. And that was totally that whole next year, my whole motivation in life, I'm going to say, was to get back to the national singles and bowl. So bowling that, that game leading up to it um, was really important to me, of course, to get through it, which, which did work out. I had a good finish, made it. And then after that, it wasn't really a – I honestly can say I didn't even realize how, how – what the score of the game was going to be. It was just Laurie, who was my opposition, was bowling well in that game. And I thought, you know, I just – I have to catch her and I have to continue to do what she continues to do. I mean, she threw a 346. Wow. So, you know, it was just sort of one of those games where you're kind of in the zone, I think, and you don't really – I honestly have to say I didn't think about the score until it was over, and it was like kind of like wow, you know, you're young and you're, yeah. you know. Well, yeah. yeah. Do, you, do you remember what it was? Like, was it eight in a row something spare? Was it five? Like um, two corners Actually, I think I sent Carrie a photo, a newspaper clipping that I sent you. <laughs> Did you look at that live? I, I totally understand what you're saying, Bev. I mean, at that point, sorry, you know, sorry, if, if she's shooting 350 and you're shooting 400. You forget about the 400 because you need to throw the next shot. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. everything that's happened before no longer matters. You still need to throw that strike. So it's, I yeah. think it's it's a an easier way to stay in the moment at all times and yeah. for sure. Because the 400 yeah. is secondary yeah. to everything else. It looks it looks like a spare in the second frame and then uh, you missed on the 12th shot. All the rest yeah. were strikes. But any of those strikes that weren't a strike weren't a strike in the seventh, the eighth, the ninth. I mean, it sounds like. You know, Laurie would have been right in there, and it's a it's a five pin match rather than you're ahead by a bunch. Yeah, and I she think she obviously were, would have done something similar. Yeah, and I think she was uh, like I think we were neck and neck right till like the seventh frame. Uh, so you know, the game is you're still not even thinking about the end result, right? You just want to keep staying with her. So yeah, yeah but, she started but, she started spare know. five bagger, and then I had a few sparables in a row. And then struck in nine, and then obviously you closed out ten. So, so what's that yeah. for a double there, Carrie? Was that seven fifty for a double? Right. Yeah. So, so let's see some. <laughs> let's, yeah, that's awesome. Right. Let's see some stats on national gold medal finals on a double that's higher than that for a match well, to see. Exactly. You, know? I, I, you you don't see that at that level. No. I mean. Well, honestly, especially in the gold medal matches, those gold medal matches get really, really tough. I mean, again, look at way better than Weber. Look at Weber's last match. You know, we we, we talked about this last week. He, he won like 200 to 180. Yeah. 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 You're so much better than Weber. I don't think we can even go there. We can't. Oh, yeah. oh, we, we just can. did. We will. 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 We doubles in a final match for whether it's a cash tournament or for a, a c5 or masters singles stepladder what are they what's the top five right top ten that'd be kind of cool i feel like Daryl, you're going to keep these guys busy or somebody busy well, with all this i just i just throw i just throw the ideas out i don't do any of the work here Bev. i just kind of yeah. chuck some stuff so, out there right sometimes we do, it's a in through one out the other yeah so, uh, <laughs> oh no I, well there's there's other people out there i know victor's into stats i know blair's into stats there's some guys out there that are into stats so if i just throw something out there maybe maybe we'll get an email next week hey guys guess what i guess what i figured out <laughs> yeah. Yeah. it is all interesting stuff right as a bowler i mean really as soon as you say that 
I bet there's a bunch of people out there saying, yeah, I want to know about that, you know, so it's good. Well, there would be lots of people that we want to know. I think I think people always want to know, right? So yeah, yeah, yeah. And, so. and Tim typically doesn't have a job, so he's got lots of time to find this information out. <laughs> yeah, no jokes on you guys. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> yeah, no, tell me about it. Nice. Um, so then, obviously, winning the, the the gold medal, winning that match, obviously a big sense of relief for you to that you got that one. You know, off the back, you got the revenge, you got the gold medal. So then the next five years was all, you know, bonus or gravy? Or did it, did it strive you to, like, I want to win another one? I want to get again, right? Yeah, absolutely. You want to you wanna win again. You guys know that, right? You don't ever want to stop winning. But it, it just didn't happen. It didn't happen again. But it was uh, good to be there. Always good to be a part of a national. And uh, just give it your all. And what happens, you kind of have to deal with it, live with it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Now, then at some point in time, you obviously stop playing any C5, um, you know, events, right? Stop competitively bowling for a little while. Yes. Well, I still play the Open, um, like, with you know, within the province or whatever, for a while. Kids. Kids were, kids changed that. So, yeah. And I played Masters then. So, when, once we had kids, I did Masters, Greg did the Open. That was oh, our okay. 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 Right. Right. Or other way around. Pardon me. Sorry. Good thing he's sitting here. <laughs> Thanks, Greg. I played the over the masters. Sorry about that. Yeah. yeah. So. No, that's that's totally fair. That's good. Yeah. yeah we we oh. over these 100 podcasts, we actually found that quite a bit with bowling couples, um, especially once they started a family. One chose one, the other chose the other, kind of thing to help balance yeah. the. When we, when we had Kent, our oldest, I think we both were still able to play the Open for a couple of years, and then um, we had a lot of help from family, and then Rose came along, and it was like, no, it's time we made this decision, and it was good. It was, it was good. But to still be able to do it a little bit, even if it wasn't still to the level that it was before, right? Totally. Right. Be a part of it. It's such a great sport and great people. Yeah, it's good that you'd be able to, you know, find that balance still be competitive but still have the family life and unfortunately that means maybe you aren't as you know at the highest competitive level that you want to be at but i, I think the other side of it really balances that out so yeah absolutely yeah priorities right totally yeah absolutely yeah you would uh, then you talked a little bit about the masters obviously you started playing or you, you played a bunch of those too um, mm -hmm. the stats here tim you got those again too about um you know some of some solid masters you know, resume stats too. Yeah, uh, eight times represented Alberta at nationals. Uh, she won her gold in '95 on the ladies tournament ladies team, uh, and she won another gold on the 2013 senior team. And then, uh, yeah, senior team. Uh, and then 1992, she has lady silver, and then she has two bronzes on the team as well in the '80s. So, yes, yeah, still quite the quite the resume there. Yeah, Masters is great. I mean, we all, we all know that. It's fun to play with the people from around the province, you know, people that have kind of become your friends, but yet they're your competition and you finally get to play together. It's uh, always such a good team dynamic and so much, so much fun to do that. Now, who would have been on your, in 95 when you won the national uh, championship, that ladies team, who would have been on that team? So that was um, Leanne Erickson, who's Leanne Sunderland now from Edmonton. Oh, yeah. Tracy Boytel, now Tracy Smith. Penny Noble, yeah, Penny Noble definitely from the south, and Stacy Bradshaw 
know if you guys you guys know Stacy yeah, yeah, Park. Yeah, Park. Yeah, Park. Yeah, Park. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And that was I don't know if you guys knew this, but that's the first time that the Alberta ladies team never won the Masters. No, oh, I didn't really? know that. Ninety five was the first uh, ladies team from Alberta to win the Masters. So. Well, that's amazing. Yeah. And Fran Clark was our coach. She was awesome. Can't say enough about her. Yeah. Sorry, who was the coach? Fran Clark. Oh, Frank Cook. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Our model that year, and she gave us T-shirts. Was attitude is everything. <laughs> I, mean, I think it made a big difference. Yeah. yeah, I mean, she must be a good coach. She wrote a curriculum, right? <laughs> right? <laughs> like, I, I hope she was. Yeah, that that's super cool, Bev. That's really neat. yeah. And yeah, Stacy. The neat thing about Stacy is her her dad uh, coached us forever, Jim. Yeah, Jim. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, they were at the tournaments always. You know, it was good. They were, they were such huge supporters, you know, Jim and Linda, Linda. amazing, amazing people. I mean, that's who I grew up with YBC years too. And that's, you know, Stacy would have been, you know, a number of years older than me. Um, and then a brother too. And we, they lived nearby us too. So we, uh, we knew them very well. Right. Yeah. Um, but the bowling for sure was, Jim was a big part of. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the Masters, I, I mean, I can't say enough about that either as far as the competition goes. You know, it's it's uh, it's amazing when you can get your five people from your province to make a team and send them off to play in a national. And really, in that case, I think it's it's anybody's game, right? So always fun, always fun competition there. One thing I always wish I could have done and just yeah. couldn't do Is it. Is there a position? Pardon? No, yeah. sorry. I was just going to ask: Was there a certain position that you preferred to play in the lineup? I must have cut out there. Sorry, guys. <laughs> That's okay. Um, you know what? I I always liked to play lead off or anchor, but it didn't really matter. Those I think, for whatever reason, I felt um, maybe more motivated or more like I was doing my part if it went well, <laughs> right? Of course, if it doesn't go well, we all know how that feels too, right? <laughs> totally. Yeah. Yeah, but I always enjoyed. You know, really anywhere. I mean, you're there, you're playing. It's all good. Yeah. Sorry, you were saying, Bev, there was one thing you always wished? I was just going to say that was one thing I always wished I could have done was played uh, as a single for the Masters. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, I don't think I ever really got that close. It was just, just the way it was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it's tough. It's, it's a really tough competition to make it out of. Uh, I don't want to toot Tim's horn, but like to make it three times for him is pretty incredible. And, That's amazing. Um, it's, yeah, it's it's really really difficult. Yeah, yeah. But at that time, was uh, was Diane? You know, forgive me again if I don't know if anybody else was she singles most of the time, and then obviously I believe Jennifer Smith was singles for a number of years too at, at a certain point too, right? Yes, Diane certainly dominated when I was playing. Right. Um, absolutely, I think yeah, I think she was like eleven years in a row she represented Alberta as a singles at the Masters. Wow. Yeah. But and then five out of six years at the open. <laughs> <In> the open. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess we all have our time, right? That's right. That's right. And, uh, and Jennifer, um, Jennifer kind of, I think, came along after, basically after I wasn't really playing much more. Yeah. She's a fair bit younger than I am, so... But I believe her earlier career was a lot of singles until she wanted to play more team, I believe, right? I think so, yeah, yeah. I mean, you guys had her on as well, right? You had Jennifer on as well. And we had, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah that's great. Yeah. Um, now, how about the the senior event when you played uh, the the national senior team champions? That's a pretty cool statue on the resume. Yeah. You know that senior event. I tell you, there's there's nobody more excited than a bunch of seniors to play at a national. I'll tell you what. <laughs> I believe it. I believe it. Come count down the years. Yeah. Bring, bring the oxygen, right? Yeah. Yeah, bring the oxygen. <laughs> Great. Sometimes bring your little pill bottle. If you ever need anything, that's the place to get it. Just go. <laughs> Should be drug yeah. testing. Yeah, that's right. But that was a lot of fun. You know, the seniors is a lot of fun. It's a great division. And I think everybody really appreciates being there, right? It's like a, it's like a second chance kind of thing. And uh, that was a fun team. And Greg was our coach that year. And, and uh, yeah, it was good. The rest of the team, like Tom Stevenson was on the team. He played really well. And uh, it was it was a good, a good fun team, a good mix of people. Everybody got along. And, you know, Chucky, I don't know if you guys know Chucky Hagel. She was from Innisfil, was the proprietor there for some years. And uh, Leo Lafreniere. Yeah, Leo. Leo, yeah. yeah Leo. And Rolly Quattro. Oh, Rolly's a gem. He, we should get yeah. him on here. Yeah. Yeah. And then Tom and myself and Greg was our coach. So that was a good year. Yeah. So so tell us the difference. of How was it to play a POA event compared to all your scratch events throughout your career? It was a lot different, wasn't it, at Nationals probably? It, was, it takes a little bit to get your head wrapped around um, – that you're playing POA, right? And to kind of figure out where you're at and the competition side of it and everything. And, you know, in the end, you, you can have two or three players on your team and a minus and you can still win the event, right? Which is strange. Mm. But, um, yeah, POA, it's definitely different, but it's okay. You go in with your average and you, you kind of know what you need to do every game and you just go out there and try your best and open... Is it, all, uh, is it all POA for all five bowlers at Nationals? Yes, yes it is. Okay, but they qualify oh. different though. There's two that you qualify scratch, right? Well, in Alberta, we typically have, it's all based on participation, but in Alberta, we typically have three POA bowlers make it and two scratch bowlers. But they still play all POA at Nationals. Correct. Yes, you know, like when Tom goes to Nationals or Rory goes to Nationals, they're bowling maybe at a 235 average, so their POA has to be over 235, right? So sure, it's yeah. tough, yeah. but it's the same. I think it's the same for all the provinces, right? Everybody's in there with their averages, however high or low they are, and, you know. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a different experience trying to coach POA, match play, stuff like that. <laughs> I imagine it's the same being on the team. I had the experience one time coaching nationals, as, uh, as same as Daryl, as the uh, for the IP, and it, it is it is interesting. And like yeah. every player has a different sort of dynamic. I mean, I had I had a, a, a lady on our team that averaged 110. Never really had to worry about her. You know, she has a bad game, she's <laughs> going to shoot 90. She has a good game, she's going to shoot 130. Right. Right. She's never, she's not ever going to hurt you. She's never going to win you yeah. games, you know, stuff like that. The two thirty-five yeah. is the interesting one because they can shoot at buck sixty, exactly. but they can shoot a three fifty-two. It's harder. Right. To, it's harder to shoot a two eighty, a two ninety than it is. It's easier to shoot a one sixty. You're right. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, that's right. It, it, I always found it super interesting. But you guys have always talked so highly of being in the seniors. I know. I know. Greg has. Greg has absolutely loved being in the seniors division. Yeah. Um, it, it's super fun to watch you guys enjoy yourselves so much. Yeah, yeah well, I mean, and that's, I think, what most of the seniors go in there with that attitude, right? Because, like I said, it's kind of like a 
a second chance at the Masters, you still have a shot to go to a national. Um, you're still hoping to get, if you make it, you know, you're going to see all those old guys that you bowled with 20 or 30 years ago. And, you know, it's, uh, it's a great experience. Yeah. I, got, I got 16 years left to try out for the senior provincials and get a free lunch. That's what I hear is the best thing is is the lunch break. You bowl four games and you get a lunch break and you bowl another four games. That's good. I hear it's phenomenal. You get your egg salad sandwiches with no crust, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah pretty yeah, much. That's yeah. what I heard. Yeah. <laughs> little ham and cheese sandwiches. Yeah. yeah right. You get your little your little break, like you say, in between you rest up. You like Dexter says, you get your oxygen out and you load up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Is is it fifty? Is it fifty like the PGA Tour? Fifty. Yeah. Wow. yeah. Yeah. Wow, it's it's around the corner, guys. It's not too far. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of people out here listening right now that I know can be for sure playing playing senior masters. But yeah. you know now, what's interesting is that the tournament players and I'm and I'm not uh, it's not a criticism, but mostly the tournament players, um they're pretty reluctant to move over to the senior division, yeah. right? They don't yeah. quite want to give up that <laughs> Gino Z yeah. Now you can't play both, right? Like you, 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 you have to declare you, what you are, right? You can't play both. Yeah. No, you can't do both. No. At the beginning of the year, you say what you're bowling in, and that's that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and and there, there's still a bunch of the seniors that could absolutely qualify out of the tournament division for sure. You know. For sure. I just saw Tracy's comment there. She's eligible. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, she. You know. Yeah. Tracy, we're hoping for like Tracy and Diane and you know all those. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, there you go. We might open up a whole new, uh, whole yeah. new line of master bowlers next season. Yeah. yeah. Seniors number skyrocketed. Yeah. Yeah. All, 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 all I had to say was lunch. Yeah. yeah. Egg salad sandwiches. That's all you got to say. We got to promote that now. <laughs> can we talk about egg salad sandwiches like when is when's the last time you had an egg salad sandwich so good they're like, good probably a month ago yeah yeah 10 out of 10 they're good most things like them they're easy to chew you know there's no problem with <laughs> exactly <laughs> oh yeah right? there's no it's like oh yeah, yeah. i want to know i want to know people in the comments when's the last time you had an egg salad sandwich it, yeah. you know uh you know who almost ruined it for me was Gino last TPC. He, I saw him dipping an egg salad sandwich in a bowl of chili. <laughs> no, that's and okay. I was, I, and, I, and I was like, I'm good, Gino. Like, I'm real good. And then he just gassed everybody out, right? So I was like. <laughs> no, Gino's weird. I mean, that's, that's not bad. Gino's weird, though. Gino's yeah. also the guy that puts mayonnaise in his spaghetti and meat. Oh, and yeah, sauce. that was it. That was it. When Carrie's playing the matches, we weren't even paying attention. <laughs> Mind-blowing. Yeah. 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 Um, so with with the master side of things, um, you've been on the board for a long time. Um, do you want to do you want to talk about how you got into that and uh, your time on the board and yeah? Oh, um, sure. Back well, back in I'm going to say like '83, Greg and I both took the uh, the master's course then, and then I think maybe it was the next year we both joined the board, and then. Greg was on it. I think Greg's been on it ever since. And I, I took a few years off in there and then joined up again. And, uh, yeah, that's been a, a great experience. It's been nice to be a part of that. You kind of have a bit of a voice in what's going on and you're, you know, you can see what the, 
changes are as they're coming and sort of have a little bit of say or, or at least give your opinion on what you think should happen. And, uh, and then the office um, in 1998, I believe it was, um, Amelia was looking after it in Lethbridge and she was ready to be finished with that. And so I think they just kind of put the word out if was anyone interested and uh, it was a good fit. The kids were in school. It was something I could do from home and the, you know, I could do it during those hours when they were in school and still be around when they, when they walk through the door in the afternoon. And so it was good. I, I really enjoyed that. It was a great way to sort of meet the, meet all the people through the masters, not necessarily face to face, but you do kind of get to know them through emails and phone calls and that kind of thing. And, uh, and watch how the coaching side of things evolved as far as how they changed from what the requirements were and um, and that kind of thing. So it was a, it was a great experience. And I really, uh, really the flexibility it gave me being at home with the kids was such a big draw, right? Yeah. Totally. And then all the rest of it was just a bonus to be able to have that interaction with people and, and uh, all that sort of thing. But, but the board, as you know, Dexter and Tim, you've attended some of our meetings. Uh, it's it's a great bunch, and I think they all have the masters, um, the, the goodness of the masters at heart, and so it's good. It's nice to be a part of that. Yeah, I, I really enjoy the time on the board. Um, I wasn't sure what to expect when I joined, and it's been absolutely awesome. Everybody just gets along well. They communicate well. They respect each other. You know, people have their opinions, and 99%, like, I, I don't think we've ever disagreed on anything like uh, just good conversation all the time and we come yeah. up with solutions and it's uh yeah it's a really grateful for being on that board for sure yeah it's yeah. it's nice to think we're always able to come to some sort of an agreement even if it takes a while you know through discussion it's good yeah alberta's pretty fortunate that way i think that uh you know and our boards get along our associations seem to get along well and try to try to work together so that's huge right Absolutely. Yeah, huge. Yeah. It, yeah, it's a great working board. There's no doubt about it. But uh, I mean, look, look at the people that ran it for so many years. So it kind of follows suit, right? Yourself, yeah. Greg, you know, and, and Brian and everybody else that was part of it. It was, it's always been welcoming and open armed, right? So. Yeah, well, it's good. And it's like I say, good to be with the other associations like Tim with the over to five and stuff, you know, it's good when, when the other associations show up to represent and give their opinions and, and let us know what's going on. I mean, if, if we can work together, so much better, right? A5 has been really lacking on that, though. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I missed last meeting, okay? I, I got a COVID shot. Yeah. So, <laughs> no, Dexter was just balancing things out because he popped them up earlier about winning three three provincial titles, and now he's just and bringing he them back down. Them down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, actually, he was wrong. I, I won four, but that's beside the point, though. Oh, was it four? Yeah. My bad. Yeah. Forgettable. Forgettable. Yeah, forget well yeah, it is forgettable. <laughs> um no and that just shows like why Alberta is so strong, I think, is it starts all from the associations. Everything's well organized. It it sets up well for the players to compete at their best and provide the best teams to compete at these nationals and stuff. So um kudos to everybody that puts in the volunteer time and the extra time to make those associations what they are, right? And honestly, Bev, you were you were the face of Masters for us, for sure. I mean, every time that we ever dealt with anything with Masters, it was always through you. So whether we knew you really well or not, yeah, like you said, we got to know you really quick. You were the person that we always talked to. Yeah, yeah that was, like I say, that was the, the really fun part of the job, right? It was, uh, 
Well, it's great. And then when you're going out to the tournaments or you go to a national, you know, at least you feel like you already know your own province's bowlers, right? Yeah. You know, you, see, you know, you see the name on the shirt and right away, okay, there's the face and you don't forget them. It's good. Yeah. Totally. Good. The other the other thing, Bev, I guess we can t sort of talk about too is uh, I hear that um, you help a lot with the seniors out at, at Heritage Lanes a lot. You, you don't miss a lot of senior leagues. You always hop out and you volunteer there as well. Yeah, I, I try to get out there. They have a league Monday and Wednesday. Uh, Sandy Clark actually looks after the league. She's amazing. Um, and I try to get up there as often as I can and help out up there. And I just love that. They are amazing group of people, you know, and um, it's a very bright spot, both of those days in my, you know, I look forward to it, for sure, they're, they're good people. Tell us, tell us about your team you guys put in this year. Yes, yeah, we heard a real rumor, right, isn't there, you're not, you're your team not just, that you guys put in, your, yeah, your, you're not, your, yeah. your stacked team you guys put in this year in your, in your seniors league. Yeah. Who's on it? Oh, oh, okay. Sorry, I was not. Uh, yeah. You know what? This is the first year I bowled in the in the seniors league, so I probably wouldn't call it stack, would you? I, I think so. Fair, fairly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's been a lot of fun. We get to play with Bruce and Jan on that bowling league, and it's too bad it had to end so soon. But um, Bruce and Jan and Greg and I, it's uh, it's so much fun. And and Gino. And Gino was there and too. Gino. So yeah. Yeah. yeah, what a great group. Yeah, lots of fun. I think it was last summer, and I was out at the lake, and I went and saw uh, Bruce and Jan, and they they were talking about it. And Bruce Bruce sure wasn't convinced. He's like, I don't know, DB. I don't know if I can. I don't know if I can do it. And Jan's like, Oh shush, you're doing it. We're playing, right? Great. If Greg's playing, you are playing. So you know, Bruce Bruce is you know, drama king, I'm sure, right? So. <laughs> We bowled. Greg and I wondered if Bruce was really going to want to stick it out too. You know, get some great games and then some not so great games. And you know, he's competitive. Right? But those guys are competitive, so um, yeah. yeah, it was fun. It was so much fun. And Gino, then he came in, of course, and did his thing. And yeah, it's a, but I, I don't know how we did in the league because the league ended. So yeah, Bev, <laughs> give us a little inside scoop. Did Gino threaten to burn the place down in Seniors League too? <laughs> yeah. No, I gotta say he had such a good attitude on our league. Oh, good. Don't threaten burning it down. No. Yeah. <laughs> Did the three guys throw the two bucks in and play against each other or what? Yeah. No, we didn't. No, no money. Money changed hands. Oh, I'm getting a little feedback here from Greg. So, uh, yeah. So, of course. We've got a few of our regular seniors that are, especially the men, that are pretty competitive, right? Like they think that they're they're doing it. And there are, I think, five or six of them that do throw their loonies in every week for each game and they put their money together. Well, so Bruce joins the league and uh, he's bowling well, right? His average is like, how much? Eight, yeah, eight fifty for his triple for the first week. Right? Yeah. Did they, guys, did they, did they, that was first game. Yeah. Did they even know who the, who this is? Like, who's this guy? Yeah. They have no idea, right? So this what, is what's what? kind of happening yeah. week after week. You know, Bruce is bowling, and there you can see them. They're kind of coming over, and they're checking out. We got the score sheet up on the, you know, the little back, and they're kind of checking out the score sheet, and then they're asking Greg and I, like, 
it's this guy, you know? What does he love on the average? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was great. It was great. But they loved it, right? Yeah, they loved they it. They did. Yeah. Bruce, Bruce, and, Bruce and Jan dropped in uh, to drop off some stuff for me. And uh, Bruce and Jan spoke, spoke highly of it. They really enjoyed it. Uh, Bruce also mentioned there was a little bit of problem with the, the poker pot. He was taking, you guys are taking money and they're upset with it. And I don't know if you guys are allowed to play anymore. I, I don't know if that was part of it, but. <laughs> well, we did win the poker pot a few weeks ago we start with. So then feeling a bit guilty, like maybe we shouldn't play or maybe we shouldn't turn our cards back in until everyone else did or whatever. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. You got a lot of cards. Like when you got Greg and Bruce and Gino on your team, you're getting a lot of cards. Yeah, right? yeah absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think we have enough money in I think it's in Jen's uh bowling shoe bag. We probably have enough money to pay for all our poker games next year, I'm sure. <laughs> so are you guys just excited to get back to bowling in September as much as we all are? Yes, we are. We definitely are. Yeah. Looking Good. forward to it, you know. Feel feel a bit bad that then it's going to open now because uh, prime time is kind of gone, right? But hopefully, I know around here, like our seniors will be there all summer. I know there will be a, quite a number of seniors that play all the time, and they'll be back and they'll be bowling all summer. And I'm sure that we'll be wanting to get in there and get warmed up again too. I, I'm hoping there's a real, you know, onslaught of people that want to get back to leads and and just getting out there and having some fun, right? I, so I think there will be. I definitely think there will be for sure. Yeah, yeah, I hope that I hope that all bowling centers, you know, put it out there, and you know, get get their voice out there, get their name out there, and start attracting people to play. Obviously, send out your emails to all the bowling your your, yeah. your players, get them signed up early, fill your spots because I think you're right. Like people will want to get back and do stuff, but it's going to take a little bit of work to, you know, yeah. get, them, get them back in and play too, right? The, obviously, yeah. there's lots of centers that advertise and put their name out there, but you, you might not be able to just sit there and wait. Um, but people will play. Yeah, play. I know I've, I've received two emails this week already from Heritage about, you know, watch for, you know, watch for what's coming June 10th kind of thing. Stay tuned. And so really trying to get people kind of amped up about it, which is great. right? Yeah, trying to catch their attention to turn their eyes to the, the sports yeah. and the bowling center and stuff like that. And that's a prime example, like um, Heritage. I know Short, Short Bowl does it really well getting those email lists and making sure you're staying in constant contact with your clientele and stuff like that. That's huge for, especially for bowling centers in a situation like this, where you do have your summer months, you're allowed to be open you need to make some money. It'd be prime time to get in contact with those people. And let's be fair. A lot of these bowling centers are air conditioned in Alberta. So it's uh if it's 32 degrees outside, you can go inside and bowl, right? That's right. And you can have your alley cats here while you're doing it. There you go. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I hope, I, you know, I hope or, or something, you know, if you, if you're a bowling center and you're listening or, or watching at some point and you don't have a distribution list of all of your league players, you do that this September, right? Get your sign up sheets, get your email addresses, get as much info as you can collect from your bowlers. So you can have mailing lists, you can have distribution lists. I mean, it's so key for you to communicate with, with bowlers ongoing. Um, I, I hope that you do, but if you don't, you certainly get get one, right? That's what keeps you guys so successful, right, Tim? Yeah, Jeff England 101. Remember, he mentioned that yeah. on his podcast, Jeff, right? Jeff England 101 for sure. And the other part of that, too, is get a professional email address. <laughs> 
Get a SewardBowl.com email address or a HeritageLanes.com email address. Buy Not BigSchmeebs at gmail.com. <laughs> 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 a, a, a domain name, a domain non co costs thirty dollars or forty dollars for a year, right? So, um, you can you can run your well, email with... off a domain name. So you're right. Get, you know, Jeff England one hundred and one, right? Yeah. So. yeah, exactly. I love yeah. that that uh, it, that's it, a class that we should set up. That, Jeff that, England can teach. Yeah. That email's a half joke. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's a real yeah. email. <laughs> Jeff, we've got lots of students ready for sign up. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. Well, Bev, we got some pictures we kind of want to share. And if you could walk us through the picture and let us know as much as you can recollect of it and walk us through the little bit of a history here. Okay, thanks for saying that, Carrie, because I am older, right? <laughs> Okay, yeah, that's our uh, 1980, I want to say, is that four or five Central Ladies team that we won provincials that year. Um, Sandy Barnes is on the right, and then Louise, our coach in the middle, Gail Morical, uh, Jermaine Knippel, myself with the big hair, who you tell. Geraldine Ford and Billy Wood. So that was our, our provincial ladies team. No, 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 You're second, your second from the left in the back there, Beth? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah, that was our 1984 team. That was the provincial gold? Yes, it was. Yeah, you're right. I like this one. This is one I think that somebody posted last week uh, or a few weeks back, Sim. right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, so, yeah, that was, uh, yeah, that was 84 in Saskatoon. That was, yeah, Don Sim, I think, posted that. So look, yeah, look, look at all those strikes in there. Boom. Yeah, pretty nice. I'd like to have another one of those one day. Only I'd like to fill in the blank in the second one. <laughs> Four, 448 isn't fun either, Bev. <laughs> no, I guess. But you know what? You're a lot closer to 450 than you are when you do it like I did there. So. <laughs> yeah, you got a yeah. gold medal out of it. That's yeah. that's worth a lot. Nice. Yeah, that was, that was a Saskatoon final. That was a, it was a good year. I think did there's you, did far you, more people you, with, a, with a perfect game than there is a gold medal, especially did, singles. Did you frame that article? I didn't. I have the article. It's tucked away in a file here in the drawer, probably for the kids to go through when we're gone, you know. But uh, <laughs> I do have a nice plaque from from that. So that was quite an honor, actually. That was 1984 as well. And it was quite an honor because uh, bowling, as we all know, is sometimes not always recognized like we'd like it to be. So for to kind of win out over other sports and, you know, summer type athletes and winter athletes and that kind of thing that was quite an honor to receive that that's very neat for sure that's a big honor yeah. for in a, in a big city yeah i do, i want to mention too from that last photo that you posted the 1984 uh singles one um i got a like a little portable stereo for that for the win they were oh, given really? out a prize it was it was uh cardinal keith i believe and they were giving out a a little stereo for the prize and i still have it that's awesome. And it still works. Nice. Yeah. yeah. So that's super cool. Oh gosh, I'm not sure what year that was. Ian Fraser. Wow. So obviously that was. Oh healthy. wow, Ian Fraser. Yeah, that might have been 1985. Actually, I think it was at Roslyn Bowl. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that was the singles, the singles win there. Holy cow! We look so young. That that the trophy's missing a layer of. Yeah. Or layer two, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're on there now, but you know, that was the eighties. 
That's awesome. Yeah. Well, and that'll be our 1985 team. Nancy up there in the right-hand corner, and Billy Woods again beside Louise Holmes, our coach, beside myself, and then Carol Bradford. She used to be Carol DeMars. I don't know. You guys probably, I think that was also predating you. She was a great bowler. And uh, Jermaine Knipple and Phyllis Ward. I, you guys know Phyllis? She bowled out of the Duke for a lot of years. Hmm. No? Not off by hand, no. No, I guess, again, that was a long time ago. So, <laughs> uh, you know, great team. We, we had a lot, of, a lot of spirit and a lot of get up and go and did the best we could. Oh, yeah, Mike DiPietro with one of the old yeah. Now, I'm not sure. I think, it, I think, this, is, think this is 89. What a beauty mullet. Mustache yeah. and mullet for Mike, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Um, that was, I think that was held in the South that year. Oh, no. No, I don't think it was. That was a different year. But anyway, yeah, yeah. that might even have been Camrose, actually. That might even have been a tournament held in Camrose. So. See, our uniforms changed there. Yeah. Our shirts. Yeah. The hair yeah. changed, too. Air change too, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> a little bit, just not as long. <laughs> well, where'd you get all these pictures? My goodness. You you actually <laughs> sent them to me. I don't, I don't think I sent this one. Some of them. Uh, yeah, I think I think you sent them to me. To be honest I, with you, yeah. I didn't send you this one. We're the last one. Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe I got that, but yeah, yeah. I don't know yeah. where you Don got this one, but that's our masters team. The hair, the hair got even shorter there too, Beth. Yeah, I had kids by then, right? Yeah. <laughs> and Tracy, look at Tracy there. Oh my gosh, right? Yeah. And Leanne, Fran, Fran hasn't changed a bit. Yeah. Yeah. No. Neither has Tracy, really. No, no, she hasn't. She's ageless, that girl. Yeah. Yeah. So good, great group of ladies there. That was a fun year. I played with Leanne in a in a couple of opens uh, early on in my my days too, and she was just wonderful. Still, still yeah. a great lady, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, all you know, all tough competitors. Everybody wanted to get out there and and do our very best and win, and it, it actually happened. So good. Okay. Now, from your perspective on the master side of things, how how much has changed since you started playing early on until you know now? And have have you seen waves of you know? used to have huge numbers and now there's lower numbers or good numbers or what's changed over the years that you've been involved with the masters i think uh you know when we first started it was it was pretty good i mean it seemed to be really strong there was pretty good numbers and definitely it's just kind of gradually dwindled over the years um i know the masters has tried some things along the way to get people to come back um well obviously changed even the formats of how the points work and uh and that sort of thing as far as people making the team and they've done financial incentives to try and get people to come back and um, cut down the number of tournaments that were held and stuff just to just to kind of ease the financial because I know like the tournament division you know we used to bowl two two tournaments or six tournaments actually so three weekends so you were staying overnight and driving and meals and all that kind of stuff so we definitely tried to do some things to encourage people to keep joining um, with the YBC as well, you know, trying to, to give that proprietor the opportunity to have some of their YBC bowlers, you know, recommend some of their YBC bowlers to join when they're finished their YBC leads and that kind of thing. But the numbers are certainly down from when we first started. Um, having said that, I think this year with COVID, 
considering I think our membership was very, uh, very good about, you know, joining and, you know, putting, paying their membership fees and still trying to support the association. But as far as, as far as actual memberships go, uh, it's definitely gone down. I think like most, most things like see and those kind of things, I know there's been struggles with that. And so, yeah. Um, I've never really thought about it before, but obviously the masters doesn't have a mixed division. Do you think that that's something that might hinder people is that there's only five spots? Well, there's six spots with the singles, right? So your chances of making it become top six um, and you get some, some dynasty teams that have been across the country that there's only going to be one or two spots every year available. So if there's, there's only people playing for, you know, that two spots, but if you had the extra three, sort of like the open, you have more, uh, people that will play and obviously it's more cost and more people will have to go to send to nationals but has that right. ever been a consideration across the, the country or on a master's level I don't know I think, I think it's uh, been you know kind of like at least in our association Albert I think it's been talked about sort of like you know what do you think if this could be possible and that sort of thing but um, I think you nailed it Daryl when you said financially it's tough right and um and then how, how do you do that? Like, do you do a, a tournament mix and a teaching mix? Or, like, how do you no, decide? Yeah. I would you just simply say a, a tournament mixed, honestly. Um, yeah. I, I wasn't really thinking about the teaching side. Sorry. Yeah. Um, you know, the senior side. I was really just thinking, simply thinking about the tournament side and that there's only six people that qualify. So if you could bump that yeah. up to nine, I'm sure it's more people going to nationals, more bowling centers, more logistics, more everything. But yeah. I don't know. I've never really thought about it before. But yeah. um, I guess you'd have to survey or ask people, why don't you play? Um, and I right. wonder if that would be something why they wouldn't play. Yeah. Yeah. Right? But well, I I would... think, yeah. What we've heard over the years, you know, when we have kind of asked that question is all it's most of the time it's a lot like financial. Obviously, yeah. that's always a big one. Yeah. Right. If you're if you're bowling four tournaments or six tournaments or whatever the requirements are at the time, like it's it's time to do that. Uh, it's time off work to go if you do make it. Those are you know, and people if you've got families or whatever, it's uh, it's it's tough to to tough to do that every year, right? You know, and you probably notice that there's people that played the Masters when they were younger that could still be playing. But now they've got maybe young families or whatever. And so now all of a sudden it's like, well, you know, Johnny's got a baseball tournament that weekend. So we can't, we can't make it. I can't bowl that weekend. And then all of a sudden the next time, and then all of a sudden you can't qualify because you can't get enough tournaments in. You know, it's just, I think sometimes it's just life, but I do think a lot of it is uh, it's financial. Yeah. I think we might see more of that now after this COVID. You know, yeah. I don't know. It's just my, my own yeah. thought, but. Yeah. yeah, three, three, three tournaments, like three, three weekends, is and then a nationals. That's the tough one, right? And t yeah. teaching masters, it'd be three week, well, four weekends, and a provincial weekend and a national. So that's right. That's six, right, or whatever it is. So it, it, it's a lot. Um, I never even thought about the mixed team portion, to be honest with you. There, I mean, it does bring up a valid point. The only issue is, I would think, is trying to find venues at nationals. Right, because yeah. that, that's an, if you have an extra eight teams there, then if you might, if you then you you know who knows if you had to do another teaching senior, that's another twenty four teams, right? They're already taking 46, yeah. 46 teams, right? So, 
I was just simply, yeah. you know, selfishly sort yeah. of thinking the tournament side of things. Um, you know, you have the opportunity for more tournament players to go to a national than just six. Yeah. Uh, I think it'd be cool to play a mixed uh, provincial, right? Playing with a lady down in, cool. in Calgary or in Central or, or, or down south, right? I think that'd be super cool. Right? It, it... Is this kind of a time where the sport might have to transition to, say, like, um, the Masters runs as the amateur side and the C5 runs as the professional side, and you can't play both, and that way you might have more, I guess, your, let, let's call them the average players, the 235 to 240 players might play more Masters tournaments if they know that Adam Weber's, the Dexter Wiseman's, the 270 players aren't going to be taking those spots, right? I think that's a huge deterrent having like Daryl was saying dynasty teams or dynasty players, you know, four or five of those spots are, are vacuumed up, right? It's, uh, it, it's tough, tough to gain momentum when you have those guys always, always taking those spots and sure. It'd be cool to qualify and play with them, but maybe that's the open side or something like that. Like, there might be a time where you kind of have to split the two associations to allow that, that situation to happen. And maybe that's out of left field. I don't know. A lot of sports deal with professional and amateur side organizations, right? But I guess ultimately, is that not what the teaching division is? Yeah, but there's a lot of 240 players that won't play teaching either. I think the time it's a timing of the two different events, yeah. right? And that the amount I mean, it takes three weekends plus the national. Um, but does that change? And I'm not. Uh, maybe I'm also saying uh, it doesn't have to change if, because if Masters has a budget, you know, if you're meeting your budget and you're meeting expectations, then maybe you don't need to change it, right? So at, at every year you set your numbers. Hey, we expect to get 30 tournament players, and if we hit 30, we're fine. But if you're at if you expect to hit 30 and you only get 15 okay, we need to make changes. So I think part of any organization, you have to set your budget at the beginning of the year. And if you're not meeting that, then it's time to look at something. So yeah. maybe now is not the time to make big changes, but um, at some but point, like, when, it, when is it, yeah. right? Yeah. It, it is depleting, right? And when uh, I know the Alberta Masters to tournament side has kind of made a, a shift here the last few years. Um, we've had some influx of players, but it hasn't really... I guess grown as to what you're hoping it's kind of stabilized yeah. mostly right but it's stabilized due to that core amount of players that are let's face it are the tournament players that are playing on the WCBT that are playing the open competitively yeah. it's stabilized that by that core unit if they're not there does the masters survive or maybe it gets filled with players that are league players in that 230 to 240 range. I, I don't know. The, the hardest part why I think, I don't think it's any fault on any association. Centers are closing, YBC is dwindling, and there's nobody coming up to fill those spots, right? Yeah. And I think at the end of the day, that I think that's the hardest part. So we're, we're trying to squeeze out the most we can out of all our bowlers into all these associations at the moment. And <laughs> we just gotta, gotta figure it out and, and there's something down the road that's going to have to be changed, right? So, yeah, at some point on a larger yeah. level, right? Um, our numbers yeah. will keep going down. So, yeah. yeah. Anyway, let's uh, shift over. I know Bev, you also did um, some cash side of things, um, 
and, and I'm sorry, and played like you know six times on TSN, uh, and you won that. So how did that experience go on, on TSN, uh, playing on TV? Um, well, you know what, the first time was really, you know, really you're really nervous, and and then you kind of know what to expect. So it gets a little easier as you go, and then if you miss a few years, and then you go back, well, the heart races pretty fast. Sometimes it's hard to. Get it slowed down and get back into the, you know, be able to kind of get back into your whatever works for you when you're playing well. So, but what a like a great experience at TSN. It's it's unfortunate that bowling doesn't still have our TSN or CPC. You know, those were for the people that were involved and the people that are interested. Such great tournaments, right? But I I presume that they don't get what they want the the stations don't get what they need out of it so unfortunately it's kind of died but um no so much fun playing like those formats that tsn format it's a lot of fun to get out there and, and play that way you know when a game without having a high score like that's that doesn't ever happen right <laughs> yeah. now in 89 you won it who did you play in the final do you remember uh any the, the track to get there um well, I think Sandy Horton was, was one of the gals that I played, and she was just right out of YBC, very confident, good young bowler then. So she was a tough match. Um, I'm trying to think of who my next match was. Sandy actually might have been my second match. My first match might have been Shirley Welling, or Shirley, yeah, Shirley Welling from uh, Newfoundland, actually. And then the final was Denise Cardinal. She was from Sudbury. She was also a young young player as well. I guess I was younger then too, but yeah. <laughs> so yeah, tons of fun. You know, it was a it was a good experience. It was a good um, format what they had there and the way they ran it. I mean, they whipped you through it in two or three days. The men's and the ladies filmed it all, and it was even just exciting just to see how all that side of things work, right? Because then when you're watching somebody else play on TV in another event, you sort of have an idea of, of what's going on behind the scenes. And it's exciting. As a bowler, it's exciting to be a part of that yeah. and exciting to watch. But I think, unfortunately, the ratings probably weren't that good. Because if you're not a bowler, are you that interested? I don't know. No. I, I always had the the inkling or what you hear through the rumor mill was that it was actually really good, especially – um, in the senior population, they loved watching five pin bowling and stuff like that. It actually did really well. It kind of ended when um, it was dropped due to the Olympics, right? And then it was just never picked up after that, okay. unfortunately. I remember but. seeing the letter, and, and, and there was something going on. I don't know if it was writer's strike or, or what it was, or it was during, like, you know, an economic downturn or whatever, but they were, they were having to cut things, and they ended up cutting five pin bowling. And I remember reading... The letter saying like they're disappointed they hope they could bring it back at some point it was the longest running uh program on their uh on cbc and i, and I think tsn2 and uh they were super disappointed about it but they did it anyways but yeah, yeah i don't know that's that's the one thing that i'm really disappointed isn't around still i mean as we all are but i remember in grade six you know that mr ledrew made us write out our, our goals for our life and what do you want to do and one of them was I want to I want to compete on CBC. I remember writing that. And then you know we only had I didn't have any chance at CBC. I had a couple of years chance at TSN and didn't make it. But that was it. Yeah, really disappointing. Yeah, it, it is too bad for sure. 
but it's great now like i you guys were saying earlier you know it's great to have youtube and facebook and all that kind of stuff now at least some of those um events can be shared and and people can watch it and you know it's yeah. it's good that way and we're getting to the point where people are watching more and more stuff streamed online than mm -hmm. they are even watching regular tv so i mean at least technology wise we might be pushing ourselves into the right direction because you know, we are doing some online stuff all the time sort of thing. And, um, you know, we, we're not at the whim of TSN and stuff like that. If people want to find us, they can find us. Yeah. Tough to set up a whole big sort of national event like that, I think, doing it, you know, via YouTube or live stream or whatever. But who knows, right? Yeah. You, guys, you guys are all good with technology, you young folks. Some better <laughs> than others, right, Tim? Yeah, some better than two, others. Two out of four. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So, sometimes while we're late, is, we have technical difficulties, and it's not because of our guests. Oh. Let's just go. Good to know your guests are showing up on time. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Another another interesting stat on your resume here, Bev, was winning national classifieds in 1984. It's not one we often see, but it's a super unique and fun tournament across the country yeah. that people have played in. Obviously, that's the one where you play in a different category. There's five different average categories, and one right. person from each qualifies, and then you go through the house, the zone, to provincial, to national. Yeah, that, that's pretty neat. How tell us more about uh, about that win? Well, you know, with, with that one, um, interestingly enough, that team kind of gets put together from many different leagues, right? For sure. So you don't always know the people. Um, you don't have a coach. You're just kind of all doing your own thing when you go. But it uh, it was a great experience. We went out. We played in Victoria. Five gals from Red Deer and and uh, played well. The girls were, were all really into it. Some, like some not great high average bowlers, which, of course, national classified, right? But they played well, and they wanted to do well, and they had that um, kind of drive to get out there and every day get up early in the morning and get out there and give it their all. And um, it, that was a, a lot of fun because it was just a whole different dynamic than bowling on, like, a master's team, right? Mm -hmm. So right. you kind of have to go out there and remember that, um, hey, we're five different averages here. So everyone is when they're when they're bowling 150 and you're in the average category one like this is really good you know way to go kind of thing so yeah. it was a good experience that yeah, it was a lot of fun is that event still active or has it transitioned oh, no. it, or it, it died Pardon me. It, it, it was died uh i played the uh, last one in 2015 and okay. and then they made it into the canada cup the poa event mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. And obviously, again, numbers were dwindling across the country from the. Oh. There's some, you know, I, there's I, don't, some... I don't. I don't. I don't think. I don't think it was. It depends on where you were in the country, I guess. It wasn't financially viable for them to continue doing it. I mean, Bull Canada was losing money as a whole across the board for a long time, um, and national classifieds was expensive, and they put up prize money and all that stuff too. Um, so. I don't think that they, their numbers were dwindling per se, but I, I they weren't still weren't enough numbers ever really to make it super viable for the amount of money that it cost them to do it. Right. Um, but like the Canada Cup the, still I think losing I, money. Yeah. My my personal like opinion is they could have done things to make it more viable and still had the the uh, the tournament because yeah, like like Robert's saying here, Alberta had huge numbers. In national well, classifieds. Well, I remember playing yeah. at Western Lanes, and they would put up the banners on the wall or whatever, mm -hmm. 
And you could enter, I think, for three weeks, and you could enter in any league that you wanted, and they would post your scores as you played them and stuff like that. Yeah. So you would constantly re-enter to try and yep. post oh, a better yeah. score and stuff like that, right? Uh, yeah, it cost it was, you five bucks to enter, and, and we, we would end up having, like, 300, 250, 300 entries. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. How is a how is a tournament not viable when you're when yeah. you're putting in that many entries in one center, right? I know Western Lanes was was real big. Like you'd have your class five, you'd have multiple banners yeah. filled out, and class four is kind of the same thing. Class one struggled a little bit, but there were still entries. And right. So how it worked is you can purchase your own franchise, or you or you can make up with. Or if you had enough numbers, right? Right. Yeah. So the numbers was two fifty. So five dollars an entry times two fifty, right? So, so uh, yeah, so that's how you would. That was your franchise fee. At into least, into what provincials or into no in, in, yeah, into your own team from your own center. If you didn't have oh, enough, okay. then then you would combine with other centers, right? In um, your zone. Right? In your zone, right? Uh, so if, for example, if we had our own team from Sure Bowl, we wouldn't have to play a zone round. We go straight to provincials, right? Yeah. So when I won in twenty fifteen, our our our, our team. We qualified in house, but we we used to do like uh, five dollar uh, twenty dollars for five entries. We used to eat an entry because people would just do a twenty dollar bill, and you wouldn't even think about it. Sign up five times, have a good first shift, and they're stuck for for four more, right? But yeah. uh, and we used to have like over three hundred entries, easy, right? Yeah, and you guys would then do this two fifty. It was fine. And you would yeah. do the house round, right? Which is then a profit because you would run yeah. a house round in the morning and charge people to come bowl and Correct. Dr- yeah. drink and eat, and then you'd have yeah. Yeah, it was, it zone rounds or yeah, yeah, exactly. it, it, yeah. It was, out of an eight I, lane I, house, Robert said that we sent two teams to provincials out of an eight lane house, like so five hundred yeah. entries. You right? bump, so. you bump that yeah. number from five dollars to six or seven across the country. That is a huge difference in money. I didn't know yeah. that they had quit or, that one. Or cut, do that and then cut out the prize money because it's still prete- yeah. it's prestigious to go to a nationals. You still get you know your trip paid for and all this stuff. You don't really need that prize money at a national level for that kind of stuff, too, right? So, yeah. you know, just make it six bucks, cut cut the funding or cut the prize money, and people people loved that term. Yeah. At least in Western Canada, people loved it. It was it was my it was I really enjoyed it. I don't, uh, Beth, you can probably talk about it a little bit differently, but I know super surprised when I show up to nationals, uh, you were allowed to drink at nationals. You weren't you're like. Masters open, you can't drink. That you said, oh, bars open right on the announcements, and oh. I'm like, this is great, right? But, <laughs> <laughs> but it's super, super weird when, I, like I said, like you're, you brought up a good point about your classes, right? My class one, we had a great team, right? Uh, my class one, though, uh, first game I'm bowling, he shoots a ninety. Right, and I'm like, oh my god, like this is nationals. <laughs> he shoots a ninety, and I'm like, next game he shoots 110, and his average is 170. And I'm looking at him as like, what is going on? But it's part of the nationals, right? Yeah. Um, it, we came in, we came in eighth, best top eight in the prov- in the country. We we're eighth spot out of eight. Um, <laughs> but I really enjoyed my time. It was it was it was a great experience. You, yeah. yeah, it's kind of cool too because as you're basically as a class five bowler, you're the captain, you're yeah. the coach. You're the you're the keep everybody together kind of person, and it's it's kind of cool to have that experience as well. It's good uh, it's good for future you know future things when you're bowling and doing a little bit of coaching and yeah. So it's it's an interesting experience, but a good one for sure. It is unfortunate that it had to die for sure. It's a good way of mixing everybody up too. 
Like how yeah. how right and and a good exposure for them. You know those those fringe players, the ones that are you know yeah. two hundred one to two sixteen in one of the classes, right? It's you know the class average four league or whatever. Boy. Okay, now now you get to play with somebody that's averaging two sixty at a nationals. Those are those are great experience for people. Yeah. Those are growing experiences, and it, it doesn't matter what average class you were. It's a growing experience, and uh, it's unfortunate that part is gone. Um, and and the, the bowl Canada Cup is okay, but you lose all of that. You lose every bit of that. Use the uniqueness. I mean, that's the idea of the event: is you don't know who you're playing with, so that's the fun of it. You might play with somebody completely different. And, yeah. and I think part of the classifiers when they ran too, like what I always heard was, you know, we could go to nationals in Victoria, or we could go to nationals in Ontario, or yeah, like, that is a big driving force for all those big bowlers to join and you know give it a shot, right? Like that's a big prize at the end of the road, you know. For sure. Just like ours, just like all the competitive tournaments. I mean, that's a that's a big deal. It's the big deal is to get to nationals, but it's also about where you get to go, right? It's the travel. I mean, what a great opportunity that we have had through bowling to travel, right? Right, exactly. And then all of a sudden, that's exposed to every average class rather than just the elite. And yes. I mean, and and it's done within your center, which makes it way more accessible and way easier than it would be if you were, you know, even doing masters or stuff like that. You know, you still got to sign up for masters. You got to go to all the different centers and stuff like that. And sometimes that's intimidating for people. Yeah. Whereas this isn't, you know, you're playing in your local center. It's, it's, you know, it's comfortable until you, until you make the team and you can move on to the next round. Yeah. But then exactly. there's a, a level of prestige to that and they're excited. And I mean, watching some of our seniors play it, they absolutely loved it. I don't know. It was definitely, uh, definitely missed that. So, the coolest experience I had with it, besides winning in 2015, uh, was the year I got to play with Grandpa at Provincials, and we got a we got a bronze medal, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, ne- never would I ever think I got to play with Grandpa ever, right? But I got to play with Grandpa at the at the National Classified, so that, I thought that was Super a really cool. cool experience. Yeah, really cool. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, how about this fun uh, little resume tick here, Bev? You won the Kelowna Ogopogo Open. In 83 and 89. So was that just a booming monster cash tournament that you came in and steamrolled or what? I'll tell you what, that was the cash tournament to go to in the summer back in those days. Okay. In, uh, in Kelowna, obviously. And uh, they had, I I don't even know how many shifts they had over the weekend. Six maybe? Four. What, what time of year? Was it like the August long weekend? August, or? Yeah, August long weekend. I'm in. <laughs> Sign me up. Let's go. I'm going to Kelowna for August long. I'm already going. I'm playing. Who's, who's so, playing? Yeah. They're going to get a Facebook post about it, too. Yeah. There used to be so many uh, Alberta bowlers that would head out there. Like, we we used to get together with lots of the bowlers after the, you know, after the shifts were over, go over to whoever has got the hotel and sit out on the deck and visit. And, you know, like, it was a... It was an awesome tournament. It was a it was a big deal back in that day. Yeah. It was a big deal to go out to that cash tournament. They they put up some good money, you know, for the for the prize money and stuff, and it wasn't terribly expensive to join in. And it was a vacation, right? Yeah, I think the tough thing, obviously, with Kelowna right now is you know you'd be four hundred bucks a night to stay in a hotel. It gets yeah. just, the prices are ridiculous. Or VR. Bring your trailer. Yeah, bring your trailer. Yeah. But even us right now, we're we're having a painful time trying to book camping in BC. Right. Because yeah. the, the the Alberta resident, even before having this whole COVID yeah. thing, trying to book camping there is crazy. So, um, yeah, but I lo- I love that there was a big tournament at one point in time in Kelowna. Oh, yeah. We'd, yeah. we'd love to yeah. do we it. To, so. We used to stay at the Steps, and it was quite a neat little place right along the creek. You know, it was pretty cool back in that day to be to be 
staying in a place that it wasn't fancy, but I mean, you could, again, you could sit out in the back by the creek and have a, a few drinks with your friends. And, uh, and it was, you know, you're down there bowling. I think I watched Diane throw a, a 450 at that tournament, actually. Awesome. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. yeah. I wonder, like, uh, Daryl, you're kind of saying camping and stuff like that. We was, always used to play a ball tournament there in the summer. And, well, you were there for one of them. Mm-hmm. We stayed up at, uh, Ver- I think Vernon. it, oh, that was in Vernon. But we yeah. played, Kelowna was the couple of years after. I think we stayed up at the West Bank area. Yeah. And yeah. they had some decent camping up in there, and it wasn't super expensive. But I guess you're competing with ball ball teams and stuff like that because they have a lot of ball in that area. But Yeah, I mean, it's definitely feasible. Um, maybe not directly in Kelowna because, again, the pricing really is high at, at a campground. Or a campground would be fine, but trying to book campgrounds hard. Unless you could get a group site, you know, where you had 10... 10 trailers you could go and then there's obviously well in advance or vrbo's or something that you can book out, and yeah. yeah house houseboat yeah houseboat. yeah 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 real safe yeah, yeah. 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 no but you know vernon might be a little bit you know less expensive or maybe there's other bowling centers in the okanagan region kamloops maybe into you know, Kimberly into Creston into you know Nelson. I'm not sure what's bowling centers in there, but a little bit on the less expensive side of things, but still getting a holiday out of it. I love that idea that you guys and Bev took it as a holiday to yeah. get out of town and sure you bowled for a couple of days. But and specifically the tournament, do you remember the final matches at all of those two tournaments and what what they were? Were they three game total pinfalls or what were they? It was total pinfall. It was uh, ten. Oh, games. oh, okay. The whole thing, total pinfall for the. For the 10 games scratch handicap you know you were entered in both so yeah that's that's what it was and i think that's part of the reason maybe it drew so many people yeah, yeah. right because it's just a 10 gamer so you come yeah. and you bowl your shift did you play 10 games i like it and there's no match play side to it and you, you're here to enjoy yourself you're not here necessarily to play full-on match play I, like it. I think that's why the north battleford tournament did so well as well right it was you would show up play your games you didn't have to worry about playoffs or anything like that and yeah. They would send you a check if you call if you placed right. Well, yeah. that's how some of these uh, smaller circuit tournaments, you know, the Vegrevilles, the, you know, wherever they are, right? They're just a qualifying shift, and you can come and go, or the Scotch doubles, or any of these doubles events, right? Mm-hmm. Like you don't have to play. Uh, it's not a full match play, so yeah. it's neat. One uh, one kind of, I mean, I think it's kind of cool. When we did go to that tournament in in '83, uh, there for the Ogopogo, we stayed at Greg's mom and dad had a place in Vernon. Yeah. So we stayed there. So Greg's mom made us breakfast in the morning. We had some eggs before we went, and uh, I got a double yolked egg. And when nice. she put that on, you know, she said, "Here's your egg." She put it on my plate, and she said, "You know, that's good luck." And I love it. You feel good about it. That's super cool, Beth. Uh, you know what? I I bought a pack of eggs not that long ago, and every single one of them were double yolked, and I couldn't eat it. Because I'm a twin and it felt weird. Oh. <laughs> I, I'm not even joking. I threw them all out. I couldn't do it. It ruined oh, wow. me out. Do you know how much good luck you would have had? That's so, that's not so. enough to do that. <laughs> wow. I like how Bonnie Bonnie's mentioning that there was a seniors tournament or event into Soyuz. I seem to recall that quite a bit. Um, Sure, bull. Trip. You guys would, yeah, you would send people there on a bus trip, right? That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's certain places like Lacombe, I think, did it, and 
Bronx always so people just hopped on and, and did it. So, so it's, but they yeah. stopped doing it because uh, somebody arsoned their their center, yeah. and then um, and then they rebuilt it and never never had the event again. Unfortunately, yeah, I know Victor used to send teams for years and years, and then Sandy sent uh, quite a few from Heritage as well while it was while it was running. Yeah. So it was a great tournament, from what I understand. I never went, but hmm. good. Even just to get on a bus and go to a different bowling center trip, you know, a day trip, mm -hmm. I think is fun for people, right? You do a seniors league, and you're going to go down to. For sure, bowl go to St. Albert for the day, or go to Innisfail for the day, right? Like, you know, we do that with the mystery tours with golf, right? Guys will just sign up in the morning. You get there in the morning, and you're off you go, right? So, yeah, people. Hmm. Um, how about so last little uh, one on singles as far as bowling, and then we'll go into some of the bowl, some family conversation. I know because you got a big uh, family that's into bowling, Bev. But um, super cool stat again is being named to the hundred bowlers of all time in two thousand nine by C five. That's super awesome too. Um, yeah. I, I know a lot of people probably know of you, Bev, but again didn't know until maybe two thousand nine when you were earned, you know, earned that honor. Uh, of that, whoa, Bev was really a good bowler, and absolutely you were. So that must have been a really cool um, honor to receive. In, from yeah, Saturday. yeah, absolutely, totally, um, totally surprising, you know, because it's not, it's just not something you expect, and and all of a sudden you find out about it, and you get this lovely certificate in the mail, and then for years after, at the national, they would try and gather as many of those uh, people that had made that that list kind of thing, and and get a picture. So that was also very cool to have that picture every year and, and see, you know, who was still sort of competing, you know, still out there doing doing what they could or coaching in, in whatever capacity they were there for, you know, or sometimes spectating. Um, yeah, that was a real honor, really nice. Because, I mean, there's, there's uh, our, our country has a lot of really strong players. So it's nice to be included on that, in that group. Well, definitely well deserved too, as we can see from your history. And, and yeah, 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 absolutely. And probably definitely top one hundred of the nicest people in bowling too. So you'd probably oh, you'd, you'd make you'd make that list for sure, right? Oh, way better than Weber. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But as we get into family, Tim, I know you want to queue up to a, a chat that you had with Bev um, regarding family and experience playing with Rose um in the open yeah so i, I kind of want to touch base on it. i mean obviously family and bowling um i guess you don't you don't necessarily play against family a whole lot of times uh you had the you had kind of had the, the honor to play against rose or rose had the honor to play against you uh i remember in 2016 open in calgary uh, right. i remember full of emotion during that that whole game i think i think there's it wasn't you guys had both had we're crying mostly during the whole event and, and the whole game. Right. I remember that, but, uh, it was, it was a good, it was different, wasn't it? Well, it was really different. And actually, uh, I didn't start the game. I ended up coming in partway through the game and it happened to be against Rose. It was, it was that match. And, uh, it was something that we had discussed before the tournament, she and I, and sort of basically said that, you know, neither one of us wanted to be in that situation. If we didn't have to be it wasn't something that we were really excited about doing so when it actually happened and uh and our player got pulled and and the coach put me in it was um 
it was hard. I, I found it really hard. I mean, I don't know, you guys maybe bowl against each other. I don't know if it's different for women or if it's just different personalities. I love it. I know. And it was only a few frames, but honestly, I was a basket case, and I, I don't know that Rose was in much better shape. So, yeah. yeah. I, I had to play against my sister one year. We played the Masters, and I had to play against my sister one year, and that was another situation where um, we kind of thought that there was an agreement between the teams that wouldn't happen because she and I, and I, and I get it. I mean, the lineups don't always work, but somebody, you know, it, it's possible for it not to happen. Let's put it that way. And it did happen. And, and it, was, it was tough. It's, my sister, I think, was a little more, um, she handled it better than I did. I mean, I wasn't a crying mess or anything, but I, I, couldn't play. I did not play well. And I felt bad because it, it, it's a team event, right? So you feel like you're letting your team down. You're trying to do what you can, but you kind of can't get past that. And I don't know what it is, but yeah, it was tough. It was really tough playing against those. Did you come in? Did you beat her at all? No. No. I did not. I lost to Rose. I lost to my sister. Yeah. <laughs> you're not, too nice. You're too thing. nice. It's not my thing. <laughs> I did beat my husband once, though. Well, on, on the wings or off the wings. After dark. How did that one feel? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, again, it's just, it was a cash tournament village bowl. I don't know if you guys ever played it. Uh, or no, I guess it was at Riverside that village bowl was not any longer. So they used to have a big cash tournament, and, and we played a match. And it's the only match we've ever played against each other. Crazy. Yeah, in all those years of bowling, it's the only, the only one. So it was close. It was a close match, and it was a good match. So good. Now, now certainly made. <laughs> yeah. Now certainly made things easier being a family in bowling. Obviously, Greg is beside you, pushing you through those eighties, and I'm sure you've been. Right, I know you have been right beside him, pushing him for many years. And then obviously watching Rose grow up and, and being very competitive. Obviously, I don't know Kent is as competitive, but. Um, you know, as a bowling family, it certainly makes things easier that you're all in it together and support each other through all the events and tournaments. Right. Yeah, it does. It does. It ha you know, um, I think because everybody understands, everybody, everybody has played at whatever level, um, the highest level for them at that time, right? And uh, everybody kind of understands, and uh, you, you, when it's your kids, you throw every ball and you feel every emotion and uh, it's, but it's, it's a good, it's a good support system, right? To have each other to try to understand and good and bad when you're actually playing together, together on the lanes and stuff like mm -hmm. right now, there's good and bad, but to, uh, to have the kids like Kent played YBC and had some good success in YBC. And then of course Rose has, has been very fortunate in Edmonton to play on some winning teams. And it's, um, it's the ultimate, to watch your kids succeed like that, it is the ultimate. It beats any of your own accomplishments ever. Yeah. So, um, I guess yeah, Kent. If people don't realize, Kent, Kent was a really good player in YBC. He just yeah. chose not to continue. He had other things on the go and whatnot. But yeah. Kent was a very good player in his, back in the day. Yeah. Um, y your father still plays. He still doesn't he? He still shows up to the bowling alley and still. Bulls, doesn't he? You know, my dad turned 92 last September. Yeah. 
And we have played in a league together for, I don't, I can't even remember how many years, like 30, 35 maybe. And so he comes every Tuesday night, we pick him up, Greg and I pick him up and we go and we, and we bowl and it's, it's awesome. Yeah. It's That's really cool. That's so cool. Yeah. And, and I was very fortunate. I mean, like, like you guys, you know, my parents supported me all through my YBC, all through my adult bowling. Uh, Thunder Bay, 1983, they drove to Thunder Bay because my mom doesn't like to fly. Wow. So they drove to Thunder Bay for that competition. And, you know, it's great. It's great when your kids, you feel like your kids want you there too, to, to be watching and supporting. So it's it's really nice to have that experience, you know, because you understand, you get it. You get all the hype and the excitement and, you know, what their what their goals are and you appreciate that and you feel the, you feel the losses and you you know, relish right along with them the, the wins. So it's amazing. Yeah. It's a good sport. I mean, yeah, what else can we say, right? How it's a, when people say it's a bowling family, I, I truly believe that. Thing is, right? Now, I guess what's, you know, what's left? Um, you know, do you, you still want to play some senior masters and, and, you know, single, is there a senior master singles? There's singles, right? Yeah. Uh, well, there's, yeah, your your high pins over average bowler at the provincials that makes okay. the team uh, yeah. is actually the singles player. In the singles so would that be consolation for not being a tournament singles if you got to be a senior singles? Well, there's no extra games. It's not an extra. It's not an extra part of the tournament. It's just that your scores count towards that. Each game that you play counts towards that against okay. so all the other singles. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. So, gotcha. Yes, I I would certainly like to. Um, well enough in the senior division masters to compete at the nationals again my my dream would be to actually play on a team with Greg I would love that if we could actually play on a team together um, yeah I you know of course the ultimate would be able to play masters or open again but that, I know that that's not really realistic I mean my my head probably isn't right in it and physically it's it's not really there anymore so that's the way it is, but I think the Masters is still an option, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go for it. The next opportunity, the next time our tournaments start, I'll be there. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Well, I'm wondering if we can bring in Greg's. I know he's beside you, just waiting to get on camera here. Well, and he's actually he's actually left, but Greg. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yep, I'm ready. I've been waiting. <laughs> <this way. laughs> I'm here. Yeah. Greg, how are you, bud? I'm doing great. Good. We're not we're not calling you on to talk about you. We want you to tell us more about obviously uh, you know watching Bev and being a support for her uh, in her career and and obviously notably in the the '80s some super great success. So so give us some great great words and some kind things about uh, watching your wife be super competitive. Well, I don't think there was anyone as mentally tough as Bev was throughout those '80s. I mean. There were so many matches where she came back to win, where she was down, and she just very determined. And it was just, it was amazing to watch. I mean, there was lots of times where, you know, the TSN where you're, you know, it's a 10-game roll-up. And very seldom did Bev ever lead from the start to the finish. She, 90% of the time, she came on at the end and won, shot that 340 or 350 in game eight or nine to get the lead and then you know hold off at the end that type of thing so you, her mental mental 
part of the game was is amazing. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, if you, if you, if you, what, what was your, you know, highlight of watching her uh, bowl, or was that, the, you know, the national championship, or was there a different event, or watching her and Rose play a, a match, or, or what, what's some of the the key highlights of watching her? Well, for me, it was like I said, I just admired because it was just so good to watch. I just admired the way she could just come through at the end, and I was. It, for so many years, I was never worried. I mean, it was just like, okay, well, just whenever the time comes, that she'll, she's just going to turn it on and that, right? And I mean, just being able to share it. I mean, when you're when it's all done and you get back to your hotel room, you can really talk about the the excitement of what you're going through and being able to have a half-ass experience where you know you had some positives as well. You you get to share the whole thing with someone that you wouldn't, you know, you just can't share with your friends. Right. Yeah. Right. You, you get it. Yeah. You understand it. You know exactly what she's going through and exactly the mental and the tough and how hard it would have been. So absolutely what she did. And then you yeah. can just really, you know, just really enjoy the moment. for sure. That's awesome. We'd love to yeah. hear it. Well, she said that uh, she still wants to play a master's ter- team with you. So I guess you guys are going to keep playing and you're going you're to make a team together. That would be that would be phenomenal. I would just love that opportunity. It's not or the you, same coaching her, but... Or you play, <laughs> a, play in the mixed team out of Central, too. You could do that for C, for C5. There you go. For yeah. the Open. Our, our dream as a family was always to play a mixed team. Kent, Rose, Greg, and I. But, of course... Yes. Rose- Rose moved to Everton, and she's yeah. not coming back, and it's not playing competitively anymore. So yeah. that dream would never happen, but we always thought that would have been kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> Carrie's leaving a spot open on that mixed team for you guys, so go for it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we'll ever get Rose to move back. No. no. Oh, man. Well, Sorry, <laughs> no, no, that's good. Yeah, that's good. I'm I'm gonna have my fanboy moment here. Um, growing up in Central, uh, YBC, obviously, I was in a different zone because of the zone. We had more zones back then, stuff like that. But uh, getting into the adult ranks and seeing you guys playing and stuff like that, Greg obviously has been intertwined through my adult career. He was uh, my first coach at nationals for masters. He was the person standing behind me when I won the Coca-Cola Classic. He was my coach at my first Open Nationals and um, still a person I phoned to go take a practice session. We did that during um, COVID early in the season. And then playing Masters in Red Deer and the leagues in Red Deer and stuff. And when Bev shows up, it just, even if I'm having a bad day, it just changes the whole mindset. Hey, Bev's in the building. Get to talk to her for a little bit. Um, you guys have been such a huge influence on my career in bowling. And um, one of the main reasons I'm still involved with it and trying to help promote it because I see how nice you guys are and how everybody respects you guys and talks to you all. And uh, I can't thank you guys enough for being a part of it. Thank you. That's very sweet. We've been very privileged to be in in this game and met so many wonderful people throughout the years. And I mean, you guys again, everything you guys are doing for bowling is is amazing. And we just really appreciate all the hard work because we know it's not easy to do this. And you guys give up an awful lot of your time to do this. And and we, like I said, for the betterment of the sport, we love it. You're dedicating every week. You set aside this time every week to do this and all the prep and. 
outside of all the other things you're doing. So, but awesome. you know what? We're also following in the footsteps of people like yourselves and everybody else who's put a ton of time and effort into it. Our time is just right now, and we're lucky that we have the digital age where we're doing it on live stream or we're doing it on YouTube videos or, or, or we can create content in a different way. If you guys uh, had this media available to you when you were, you know, master's office and running tournaments, it would have been done. So uh, we're not doing anything different that, that people like yourselves have done before in the sport. So, you know, I appreciate the kind words. But again, you guys have put your time in uh, and continue to put your time in. We're very thankful that uh, you've paved the way for people like us to do what we do. So thanks so much. Absolutely. Yeah. That's very kind of you. Great. All of you. That's very nice. A lot of respect. Um, you guys too so awesome. well, thank you is there any one last thing you want to hit on bev or uh greg even um before we uh allow you to step off the podcast you can stay in the back room and uh wait for the podcast to end and talk about um and we'll do our draw after the floor is yours well i think i just want to thank you guys so much for having me on and you're right i didn't need to be so nervous it was a it was great to have this conversation with all of you. And, uh, and yeah, again, thank you all so much for what you do for bowling and keep up the good work because it's making a difference. You, well, you thank certainly, you. Thanks, Beth. You certainly make it as fortunate to have been a guest previously. You certainly make it easy for your guests. Yes. And I think that probably shows well in these podcasts and why so many people are participating and willing to participate because you guys do make it uh, make the person feel comfortable. And you guys yeah. are fun. You guys are fun. Your comments and your banter that you do, it's fun. Yeah. Just, yeah. you you can be totally fair. We're a bunch of idiots. But yeah, we, we, we take uh, some good rips at each other. Yeah. We, we try and make it as comfortable for the guests as possible. Yeah. And it really is just a conversation with us, with a bunch of people just watching and throwing in their jabs here and there. But it's yeah. it's just a casual conversation that we're lucky to have. Yeah. Absolutely. We're lucky cool. too. Yeah. All right. So, Bev, like I said, you're more than welcome to stay on. We'll just put you uh, in the back room here and we'll wrap up this podcast. Thanks again for coming on. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Thanks so much, Bev. Bev. Awesome. awesome. Another smooth podcast. Yeah. Awesome, awesome lady. You know, um, it's funny because I didn't know when I started going super competitive that was a bowler. I had, you know, we, we think of Bruce and uh, Lynn Howell, or Bruce Mortar, Lynn Howell, and their wives, Jan and Sue, I always thought that, you know, for a time, that Bev was just another bowling wife, right? <laughs> Sorry, Bev, no, you're still in the back, but that was reality, right? Until you start to realize, no, no, Bev was a phenomenal bowler, right? Oh, okay, right? But three of the yeah. same people, um, you know, I would consider in the, same, in the same group, just wonderful, outstanding ladies that have done so much um, for the sport and, and watching and, and being part of it so yeah yeah and that's kind of something i guess growing up in central um especially riding with gino zebarth down to red deer every week and stuff like that and him reminiscing the stories of watching bev play and that whole family and um in central they're they're so highly regarded um being a part of the whole the whole community it's it's ridiculous to think what that community be without them and uh what the history would be without them so i can't thank them enough for sticking around i know um greg's huge into um fitness and going that route and stuff but they still take the time bev still comes and plays he comes and plays when he's not busy and 
they have their vacations and stuff like that. But even though they're not super competitive, I guess I shouldn't say super competitive. They're still competitive, but maybe not at the level that they used to be, but they're still very much involved with um, all the associations and all the bowling going on. But let's, let's put it this way. They're, they're probably the glue. They're, they're, they're the glue <laughs> in central, right? You have to say that, uh, like, again, like two of the most humble people you ever meet. And I think that's a, that's a thing, Daryl, like you would never know Bev from her accolades because you never speak about it. She never wanted to speak about yeah. it. It was never about her. It was never. And then um, just incredible human beings. You, you know, you talk about Gino and his car, right? People don't realize when Gino had his massive car accident and he was in the hospital. These two people went and saw him every single day, right? And uh, just that's just who they are. They're just really amazing people. Yeah, and isn't that the truth? You know, good people find good people, right? And it's it's so crazy to have two of the nicest people you will ever meet find each other and just become like this super couple. Yeah, we're lucky, we're, <laughs> we're lucky to have them in bowling for sure. We are. Oh, one hundred percent. They know, make every, us all every better. Zone, yeah. Every zone has those people that you know drag up the next generation, yeah. and they were they were absolutely yeah. them and. Um, yeah, super, super grateful to know them and, you know, super grateful to be friends with Rose and, um, yeah. yeah, it's, uh, it's just neat community we have. Yeah, yeah for sure. Uh, um, do we have a guest for next week, Tim? We had a cancellation, so we're working on a replacement. So we have okay. Daryl and I and Dex have talked and we have a couple stones in the fire, but, uh, we're going to get something hammered out for you guys. So just so I guess the fans, the audience watching or whoever's listening to this podcast, I will not be here next week. So if verbatim that something doesn't get lined up or something like that, we will take a week off. But um, if these guys get a guest lined up, they'll have a great show. And uh, I'm sure we will have somebody to replace me. If not, these three can run run the show for the week. Dexter's in charge. <laughs> yeah, Dexter's in charge of the technology. Is Weber back? Is Weber available for next week? Is I think better? he is. I think Possibly. Yeah, I think yeah. he is. Yeah, Good you know what? Um, I, I can learn the technology, just might not go very well. It might be... No, no, no. Dexter's got it. Yeah, we'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, we got a, we, 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 we got a few people... Dexter. Yeah, we got a few people in there. Button, that, yeah. We'll get, oh, yeah. we'll get quality guests. We've got some good feelers out there across the country. Uh, we're, we're lining up here the next, you know, three, four, five weeks, right? So um, there, there's some good guests to come. We're happy. We will he re- a, will a, a they reveal, reveal who they are? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, Weber's, Weber, in, next Weber's in next week. Perfect. There we go. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Awesome. It's, get, it's getting into holiday season. Weber's going to be on every week now for the next three months. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get this all-star draw going here. So we have 30 entries this week. And uh, no Jason Scaletta, as long as he kept to his word. And we'll see who wins that lucky draw from all-star bowling sales. Oh, he called it. He called it. He called it, Lenny. If wow. there's a guy that needs I a know. set of balls, it's that guy. Yeah, he's doing a dance right now. He's sitting there laughing. At no, he, he, he's, no so, he's, he's so he's high dancing. right now, he's yeah, laying yeah. down in his couch. He is stoned out of his mind, sinking into his chair, laughing his ass. Yeah. Right he called it, yeah. It's Habs like, win, Habs win. He's saying it, right now. It, yeah. it was just like that. You guys, you guys see that poker, that poker video where the guy called the flop and called the river and and the turn? Insane. It was just like that. Yeah, because that like happens that. often, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, Perfect. that's funny. 
So what do we All have? Right. The, ha- the Habs win tonight. Habs win. So yes, one, Habs uh, one win. nothing for the Habs. Okay. And Blue Jays, Blue Jays came back. Came back in nice. the bottom of nine to win. Yeah. Yeah. Finally, wow. they they're the ones that clutch up and say giving away perfect. Uh, just yeah. got, you yeah. can't put in Chatwood. You just cannot put in Chatwood. Oh, that's yeah. awful. So, yeah. <laughs> no, Don. No. <laughs> I'm not going to sleep tonight now. Thanks, man. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Once again, thanks to our sponsors, Alley Cat Brewing. Um, for giving us our drink of the week and all-star bowling sales. Thanks again for doing the draw and help sponsor this podcast so we can come back week after week and uh, fill your brains with nonsense and hopefully good guests. (laughs) All right, guys. Have a good one. Thanks, everybody.